0: Imagine lettuce babies. I'm Zach. I'm Riff.
1: And I'm Kevin. And it's time for episode number one seven one of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast about video games. 171 is what the the skeleton anniversary?
0: Uh uh I mean chances are that whoever you're married to already has a skeleton. Is there a Bacardi 171?
1: After 171 years, the person you're married to probably is a skeleton in well, every see. case, except the ones where they are a pile of ground-up burned skeleton bones wow. in an urn. Oh, pulverized with
0: metal balls.
1: In Yosemite. Pulverized with metal balls?
0: Yeah, because the the crematorium furnaces aren't generally hot enough to completely ashify bones because that takes a lot of heat, so they the bones are typically pulverized with a sort of pulverizing machine, and a typical model of such a machine uses whirling metal balls to grind the bones.
1: It doesn't seem like whirling balls would do anything.
0: It, I always like assumed it was like a up. grinder. Yeah, it's a grinder that uses whirling balls.
1: Man, I, I'm always reminded of uh, <laughs> of a moment where I was really curious about the process, and so I was having a conversation with the crematorium guy about my dad's remains, Not really thinking that my mom probably didn't want to hear all of this, and Uh, I, like, this is a thing that I really regret. Oh, (laughs) shit. A point where my nerd curiosity was probably, I mean, she knew I was a scorpion when I was born, (laughs) I
2: guess.
1: (laughs) So, she could have sent me, she could have sent me by myself, I guess, but, uh, no. Eh, Sorry. Sorry, mom. Oh, also, I'm cleaning out my closet. (laughs) Does she listen to the podcast? I don't believe that. God, I hope not. Yeah, man, I, I've got so many things to be embarrassed about. But uh.
3: I'm I am almost positive that my mother does not listen to this.
0: Yeah, as far I as, think as I she know, w- my parents don't.
3: She would have commented on the mom hacker mom hacker episode, yeah. and mm. uh, she also probably can't hear it because she needs a fucking hearing aid, mom. Oh, well, <laughs> see. Now you're
1: acting like she does listen.
3: I know, right? Well, I'm playing. I'm playing uh, both sides of the
1: fence. My mom does watch and listen to a hundred percent of our uh, KOL live development events. Weird. So don't say or do anything embarrassing on those. If it's something that you wouldn't say or do in front of my mom, eh? You're not going to change your behavior.
3: Yeah, yeah.
1: I always assumed that the crematorium process was more like a like a meat grinder. Although now that I think about it, I have no idea what I think the inside of a meat grinder looks like. (laughs) But it's not a whirling ball. Meat grinders
0: are sort of like locking around Yeah, like gears except they turn along the flanges instead of across them. Like okay, a paper right. like, like the, a paper shredder.
1: Like those machines that you see that people throw furniture into yeah, and stuff. Yeah. So like the like that wood chipper. with also like barbs on it that uh that grab stuff and throw it in, yeah. I've never used a wood chipper and I I hope to never.
3: I I have never used one either. I've seen one in movies, uh, mostly to mm-hmm. dispose of bodies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's why I
1: don't want to ever use one.
3: Because you're afraid you would accidentally dispose of your
1: own body?
0: Yeah. You're afraid the arm would just go straight in after the branch?
1: Yeah. I, like, for whatever reason, that would be the one day I decided to wear a tie to yeah. my job oh. as a landscaper. Oh. <laughs>
2: and- <laughs> No,
1: and I always use ties that are uh, like threaded with m- monofilament yeah. wires. So I'd <laughs> probably be beheaded before I had a chance to be ground <coughs> the paste.
0: There is uh, back when I was in high school, I had a, a pen pal who I met who I met during a like a summer camp sort of program at Carnegie Mellon University. What and, kind of... Uh, was
1: it an... I'm assuming it was some kind of nerd camp. What kind of nerd camp it? was... A, it? It, yeah, it, what flavor? It, it was
0: a theater nerd camp. Okay. okay. Um, and so I... For a few years, I had a pen pal that I'd met there. And once she sent me a newspaper clipping this article of... Uh, I guess there was like a lumber mill or lumber camp in, somewhere in the state where she lived. And uh, like going going past one morning... Like people noticed that there didn't seem to be much activity going on, and it turned out that that what had happened was that the three guys who had been stationed there had gone to try and clean out a a a a tree debarking device, which was basically imagine like a big metal drum that has interlocking blades on the inside of it that to like strip the bark off of the trees after their logs i guess and like i imagine like wood shavings get caught up in in between the blades so apparently these three guys were all in there simultaneously trying to clean out the inside of this thing with chainsaws and it had turned on while they were in there jesus yeah
1: You'd think a machine like that wouldn't have a automatically randomly turn itself on. You feature. you
0: would you would hope not. <laughs> Maybe it had just it like had seized, wedged, it had it seized, seized up, up, and when that's, they and when they possible. knocked they loose, they didn't realize uh, it was still uh, still turned on. Yeah, man, fuck. But yeah, uh, imagine standing with three guys inside a drum covered with interlocking blades and three running chainsaws when it turns on. Yeah, I that's, wonder how
1: long the cha- I wonder if the chainsaws outlasted the guys. <laughs> um, uh, uh. Well, wow, that's terrible. It sounds like this pen pal knew the sorts of things that you would be interested in. <laughs> yeah. so, that said, so that was.
0: She Tell mailed us, it uh... to me inside a plastic fish. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about this uh, camp. Uh, it was. It was basically the sort of thing where. Uh, if you were if you were thinking about getting into like the theater program, at possibly at CMU, you could go there for the summer and take essentially what the freshman theater program classes would be.
3: So was it like both acting and stagecraft
1: stuff? Yeah. So if you asked somebody uh, on the way there, how do I get to Carnegie Mellon? They would say, well, you have to have gone to this camp in high school. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But yeah huh, so was, did, were you were you more of the tech side? I was more of the acting side, which is weird because my 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 tendencies and personality tend way, way more towards the techie sort of nature. but I, I'm not sure how I ended up being more on the on the acting side but that's I'm what I was.
1: What yeah. is the role that you're the proudest of, Riff?
0: Uh, I was um, uh, professor Einstein in arsenic and Old Lace. The, okay. uh, the 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 um, oh why can I can never remember that guy's name is that Tennessee Williams? You.
1: It's um, not Tennessee Williams. Arthur Miller. Jimmy Stewart. <laughs> I I'm, are you think are you thinking playwrights? I'm listing all of the American playwrights that I know.
0: <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think of the actor's name who played him in the movie version. It's mm. the it's it? I've
3: only ever seen it as a movie. Peter I didn't Laurie. Even... Peter Laurie. Okay. The
0: oh, o- well, that o- makes sense. The only guy who's that impression that I do, but for some reason can <laughs> never remember his name when I want to.
1: In uh, England, his name is Peter Trunk. you <laughs> it said trunk or truck? Trunk. I think I meant truck. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's sort of a double-layer joke
1: because yeah. in
0: England the trunk is the boot. Oh, right. That's good. That
1: never gets funny. Dust boot. <laughs> <laughs> but it never stops me. Kevin, you went to a weird restaurant. Yeah. So I, I'm hearing about this for the first time. Yeah. Basically, all I know is that you were reluctant to recommend it to me because you thought I would think it was too pretentious.
3: Yeah. Uh, so the way this went down is a friend of mine emailed me, and she's like, "It's my birthday on Tuesday, and uh, we're gonna, we're all going to a restaurant. Do you want to come?" And I was like, "Sure, I want to come." And so I agreed. This was like like last week. <clears throat> um. And so then, like the day before we went, I was like, "Oh, I should probably just look up the the website for this restaurant, so I know a little bit about it." And then I was like, "Oh no, what have I done?" <laughs> uh, so I basically had agreed to one of the most expensive dinners I have ever had in my entire life. Um, and the I will read you. I will read you the menu. <clears throat> Here, here are your options. Winter has come with its cool breeze. That's the first option. <laughs> Mellow serenades of colors, licorice and orange. A gentle smell, oceanic, of yummy feeling. The half moon, silky and smoky. This is this is a good are, one. Are these entrees? <laughs> I. They don't tell you you don't get to know (laughs) I refreshed as I gazed at your smooth green coat (laughs) walking deep in the woods as the snow might have something to spare
1: (laughs) and so on wait walking deep in the woods as the snow might have something to spare yes Uh, okay Okay. I did not misspeak that's that is literally what it is yeah that was as as because the yeah. That is a sentence. Yeah. I went out into the woods because I thought maybe the snow would deliver its bounty unto me in the form yep. of a foraging or something. Yeah. Okay. That was actually pretty good. I, I had... Is that uh, what you had?
3: Well, I had... So, I had the tasting menu, <laughs> which is all of these things. Hmm. Um, yeah. The, the walk in the woods was actually really good. It was a bunch of different weird, super weird mushrooms. And when I say a bunch, like, all of these... All of these entrees were maybe three bites yeah there were like That's nine like different cu- nine different courses and they were about a three bite thing each time it, this the meal took about almost five hours um that is it that is something that i don't know that i can get it, I honestly did i was like we got to the end of it and i was like holy cow that that was shocking because i had no idea that that much time had passed like it was because we were just talking the whole time right you're just engaged in conversation you're drinking a bunch of wine because there was also like a cocktail pairing it like yeah, I think this might have cost me about a month's rent in dinner
1: hmm. for two people. For two, yeah, for two people. Rent for two people or rent? no? Just
3: my personal rent for for me and, uh, and me and Melissa. Well, that's good. I mean, I yeah, I mean, once in a lifetime, I'm sure it's fine. I like my 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 like stomach sort of dropped out of my uh, thorax when I sort of saw the website and I was like, I guess I could technically back out now, but like. I don't yeah, think but I'm you don't. Know, this is
1: what they rely on. Dick. You don't want to look like a pussy. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, oh, man. So I don't remember how much. You, Riff, you were there at the. I think the most expensive meal that I have ever had was at that Craigie Street Bistro in. I think that was Boston
3: on par, but it was four of us. There were four remember. of
1: us. Yeah, and we also. I'm pretty sure that we drank like three hundred dollars worth of wine. You yeah. know what? We did not drink three hundred dollars worth of wine. We drank. An amount of wine that that restaurant <laughs> charged us three hundred dollars for.
3: I uh, there was one particular um, kind of port that I uh, really really like, and we'll probably try to get uh, some <laughs> bottles of. Uh, Are you normally a port guy? I like port, but it's never. I always have felt it a little too like sweet and cloying. <clears throat> but the um, the particular kind that they had was kind of amazing. Uh, it is a. Uh, broadbent, Madeira,
1: Boal, 10 years old. Well, it's a Madeira instead of a port, right? Isn't – doesn't Madeira – Madeira is the same part of speech as port. Madeira is a place in Spain or so Portugal, is I think. Port. Well, but I think – I don't know if it's
3: – I think it is a, like a, – port is the, the broad category and Madeira is like oh, a, a huh.
1: smaller – subset of it i don't that madeira was a different thing that was similar to port anyway. uh, i don't know I'm it's not- always been weird like because <clears> to <throat> make a cognac and an armagnac are made of white wine which i can't stand i just right. genuinely do not like white wine which is something that i don't say about very many liquors. i think
3: there are some white wines that you would probably like you just have not encountered them because yeah. they are
1: rare So I like a cognac and I don't like a port. So like I like red wine but not white wine. But I like distilled white wine and not distilled red wine. Although that's not necessarily. I will get I'll get a bottle
3: of this at some point and and yeah, and I will have you try it. I like it is. It was by far the most pleasing port style thing I have ever had. So
1: yeah, I feel like my mom would like port. My mom does not like cognac, but maybe my mom would not like port. I don't know. I, I gave her, I, I discovered a drink a couple of years ago that right. I felt sure that she would love. But then when I gave her one, she was like, ooh, way too, tastes way too much like alcohol. I'm like, wow, I de- the reason that I thought you would like this is because I cannot detect the alcohol in it at all. Oh, interesting. I guess I'm just chasing that dragon. And <laughs> I forget what it even was a grasshopper or Maybe. there's something like a grasshopper that's just a guy's name.
3: It was, I, as, I remember it being like oh, a, a Dennis Den- Hopper. Minty or, <laughs> or something because it was around Christmas. <laughs>
0: It's just, it's just a glass of Pap's Blue Ribbon with nitrous oxide bubbled through it.
1: Yeah. Oh, man.
0: Uh, uh, what if you
3: should work as a, uh, a molecular gastronomist?
1: Yeah. You go, go over to the, avi- the apiary? Is it aviary aviary, aviary? aviary is
3: the cocktail place. Apiary
1: is the place where you go to get different kinds of bees to sting you on the tongue. Mm. Right? Oh, That's good. What do they charge for that? Two months rent. <laughs>
3: I, I still at some you know at some point when there is some like monumental event, uh, I would like to go to the French Laundry. Um, yeah, is that I mean that's on the same par as this I think price wise or quality wise. Uh, it's probably better. Well, fuck, I don't know. Like this, the food here was some of it was really weird. It was almost all very good. I, the first they... course was literally a bowl <laughs> full of nuts and seeds and fish eggs that they then poured some like japanese broth into and they said this is basically cereal for grown-ups <laughs> i was like no uh. that was how they that was how that was
1: yeah. described i was like I feel wow like grape nuts is cereal for grown-ups uh, so
3: that one was definitely a little weird and then there was one there was one pairing which was basically uh basically a grape tomato two tiny dollops of like pureed tomato and then a tiny little Grapes, grape tomato-sized uh, wedge of cheese. <laughs> huh. It was, like, the tiniest caprese salad you've ever seen.
0: <laughs> For, and like, they 30 pa- bucks.
3: <laughs> they, well, no. Uh, they, and they paired that with... Um, A gallon of vodka.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> they paired that with um, this terrible sherry that, like, nobody at the table thought was good. They was, like... the Our most common adjective was tastes a little like gasoline <laughs> <laughs> so they felt bad and they that's that's what they gave us the port uh they normally do not serve the port but they gave us the port as a sort of a an apology because yeah hmm. oh crap, crap the first thing the first part of the meal was they brought this everyone this, this little plate um and on the plate was a little sphere with a little bit of something like a little sort of jam or something up top and it was a it was a sphere of ugh, crap i'm trying to remember what what it was um basically like you know a hardened sugar um and inside was um like some sort of apple cider wine or something um and you had to ver- you had to very carefully remove it from the plate and put it in your mouth and then close your mouth, and then chew on it, because at, at any point, if you applied too much pressure to this thing, it would just explode all over you. <laughs> How big was it? It was about the size, a little smaller than a ping pong ball. Okay. Um, and they were super impressed that everyone in our party managed to get it in their mouths. <laughs> Without ruining their clothes? <laughs> yeah, they, apparently, the day before, there was a group of 10, no, 11 people there, and uh, nine of them... Ruined theirs before they got it to their mouth.
1: Although maybe tomorrow she's going to tell the next group that's also that possible. you guys all fucked it up, and okay. they are really impressive. For I mean, maybe part of what you're paying for is is the being pandered. It, to
3: okay, it. that's that is entirely possible. Yeah, yeah. So I again, so I don't know if this is a place that you would ever
1: find appealing or not. What is the name of it in case our listeners uh, decide that they want to do it? Mm.
0: Atelier Kren. Huh. Yeah, I'd be really that. interested in trying it If I didn't have to pay for it uh, A-T-E-L-I-E-R
3: Space C-R-E-N-N Oh, What does Ate mean? I don't know I think it's like The business of And then Cren is the guy's last name maybe hmm. Yeah uh,
1: That seems like a French word that you would see on like an old Medicine bottle or something mm, Like, Yeah it, it it strikes me as, like, a period word. See if I can... I have a French to
3: English dictionary on my phone. Wow. Poon-tang.
1: Like a boulangerie. <laughs> yeah,
3: turns out it means poontang. That's oh, I weird. Read, it's friend, poontang. Know? <laughs> okay. That's why I guess...
1: guess if that's what you want to call your restaurant. Workshop. So okay. I was, I was not too far off. Um, It's weird. Like, I don't remember if I talked about this on the podcast or not, but I, I did, a few months ago, this sort of weird... Uh, restaurant experience thing oh, yeah. where riff if you know about this then i'll know that i talked about it on the podcast because we never speak outside of this podcast <laughs> um where you go and the entire meal you are led into a room where it, it there is no light at all and all of the wait staff is blind huh and you oh, just eat remember you saying you this. have it you have like a big meal in the dark Weird. Um
3: and you you like choose your food in advance? You, yeah,
1: you order off of the menu to begin with or you can just say surprise me and then they just don't tell you what they're giving you, which yes. of course we both did. Em- Emily and I because like that's there is if that is on the menu, that is always what I am going to choose. Really? Ah, well. I mean, in in this I case everything on the menu is a surprise. Well, sure, you <laughs> might as well. Right. If uh, like if if it is an experience where it's like gosh, I don't know exactly what the right thing to do is i will often choose randomly if all of the options are are equally appealing right and in this case i just i was interested in being served some food and not having any idea what it was and then also the the waiter would constantly say like what do you think you had well this is actually what it was what do you think you had oh, interesting. this is actually what it was oh they
3: give you different things
1: yeah oh yeah, yeah. oh cool no wait so that was another option they said so you can choose randomly Right, And then you can either choose... If you both choose randomly, you can either be guaranteed to have the same thing or guaranteed to have different things. Ah. And we did the guaranteed to have different things. And then also shared bites of each other's plates across a completely dark table. Mm -hmm. How do
3: you know that it was the two of you feeding each other and not somebody else entirely? (laughs) (laughs) There's like a a monster uh...
0: sitting in the third chair.
1: Oh, man. Uh, It was... It was interesting, but the food was not good enough to merit the price tag. Hmm. And like it was kind of aggressively not good enough to merit the price tag. Oh, like it was it was like fine. It was like adequate restaurant food at at high-end restaurant prices. And that, you know, the gimmick is what you're paying for. Right. But I just I wish that the food had been better. It is weird how wrong you can be about things that you have just eaten an entire bowl of hmm. sure That's you know true. Be- being like fairly fairly consistently unable to identify types of meat hmm. anything other than fish like really yeah a lot of pork beef
0: mistakes That that makes sense though there, there's <laughs> the pork beef mistakes was my high school band <laughs>
1: That's like the. I mean, it's the other white meat. You're supposed to mix up pork and chicken,
3: but they're not the same texture most of the time.
1: Like,
3: mm. I feel like that. I wouldn't make that confusion usually. Yeah, I
1: guess I you sh- don't. You wouldn't consider like a chicken breast, a solid chicken breast, to be the same ish texture as. I guess no. a chicken breast is stringy. There's that's the breaks thing. up stringy rather than not at all like a steak. I don't. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. Like a steak is somehow.
1: Gummier. So I could see confusing chicken and like duck. uh no, like uh shit, uh, turkey, carnitas maybe or carnitas. Yes, is like a stringy version of yeah. Pork. What's the and what's the like a like a pot roast? Right, right. That kind oh, of okay. like shredded beef. That whatever sure. muscle that is. That, but they
3: don't. Do you ever? Ha- is shredded chicken a thing?
1: I mean, like a chicken salad is made with shredded chicken. I guess I, I never eat chicken salad, so... Yeah. Hmm. I'm 38 years old, and I can eat a chicken salad sandwich if I want to. Sure. <laughs> That's what I know.
0: For dessert, was there there to... a bowl of peeled grapes. You what
1: hope? was the... <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, uh, what was dessert?
0: Uh, dessert was a
3: tiny, like, mascarpone cookie-looking thing, and then a tiny little jelly thing covered in sugar and then a th- a little um like a marshmallowy thing it was it was good it was they were they were all fine like a
1: high end peep
3: yeah kind <laughs> of like some of like some of the stuff was like peep with a little genuinely like novel and crazy like I think there was like a sage leaf that had been um battered and fried and it was amazing hmm which I, like, I was like, huh, I've never, I've never even thought of like, just like doing that to a, to a plant. It was like the, the thinnest kind of like batter that I've ever encountered. Um, like, like just crazy things, like just all kinds of weird, there was a bunch of Japanese influence in it, in, in a lot of the dishes. Um, a lot of broths and stuff. Yeah. I, super weird. It was an experience, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't regret it, really, but I don't think I would do it again.
1: Yeah, especially because you didn't know how much it was going to cost.
3: Yeah, and I, uh, and the thing is, I still don't actually know how much it cost because there were 12 of us there, and they just put the whole thing on uh, the birthday girl's credit card because she had yeah, made the reservation.
1: Birthday.
3: So, she's going to have to like contact us and let us know how much... We owe
1: God, you get some sticker shock followed by mm-hmm. six awkward conversations. <laughs> yeah. That's right? what they got her for her birthday.
3: Yeah. So that's that that was my Tuesday night.
1: I imagine that these were all these were all your frat brethren and stuff. Uh, Everyone's pretty well healed.
3: Yeah, I think I mean everybody's fine.
1: It was it, but they, they could were just all- if they if they get in a bind and can't afford dinner, they can just sell one of their companies. <laughs>
3: Uh it wasn't quite like that, but uh yeah, like I think everyone is fine everyone everyone is like doing tech stuff in San Francisco, so you know whatever,
1: speaking of tech stuff in San Francisco, anybody play any video games?
0: Mm, I'm still playing a load of minecraft, oh yeah, yeah, there's a new um microcraft <laughs> there's a new there's a new um temple like an under underwater in the ocean. Fish god temple, with a bunch of made out of a bunch of new kinds of blocks huh. that only exist down there. When <laughs> did that happen? Uh, with the new patch. So when did uh, that happen? One one point eight. Uh, but 1. do you have to 8. explore new territory to find that kind of thing? This particular one, no. I, I'm not sure how they did it, but they registered it so that. Uh, they would they would show up in applicable places in previously explored territory whoa they Riff, they, when, they Riff, almost, when
1: was this when was this patch? Uh,
0: whenever whenever 1.8 came out when i when I took the mods off of the web server so like a couple months ago yeah, yeah. A month okay ago, month month and a half okay. yeah
1: about. that was the answer I was that was the answer I was trying to agonize out of you
0: <laughs> but uh it's got it's got a new kind of of enemy which is sort of a a spiky laser shooting fish thing that only spawns in that area.
3: And laser shooting,
0: e- yeah. And each uh, each temple also has three, uh, well, three copies of the same boss monster, which you have to kill all of them before you can do any mining in the temple. Because if they exist, then you get uh, a debuff that stops you from breaking any blocks. Wow! Uh, so you basically have to you have to suit up with your best armor and with water breathing potions and so forth, and because the, the entire dri- contents you- of the of the temple are all full of water, and you can't so,
3: fix that by any kind of alterations or
0: whatever. Uh, you can you can place blocks while the while the bosses are still alive, but you can't break them afterwards. So you oh, can geez. so you can do tricks like like putting down a door. Uh, because because doors prevent water from being in that space. So if you're standing in the same space as a door, there's air there for you to breathe. Right. But uh, the the easiest way to do it is just to have water breathing potions. I mean, you
1: can't like drain the ocean, right? So it, you'd have to you'd have to build a build shell then, around it all the line. way to
0: the top. Um, pretty much. I mean, the they did also. Well, not so much introduce as reintroduce, because there's a sponge block that's been in the game for a long time, but it has been out of commission for a long time, so they did not actually work and you couldn't actually spawn them except by being in creative mode, but... They were reintroduced with this temple, and the function of the sponge block is if you put it down next to one or more water source blocks, it destroys those water source blocks and replaces the sponge with a wet sponge, which you can then bake in a furnace to get your dry sponge back. And so, and it works in a fairly large radius, I think like a five block radius, so if you've got a small room full of water you can destroy all the water now really quickly just by having a couple of sponges instead of having to like fill the entire room with sand like you would have had to previously huh so yeah so i i went and i managed to find one of these temples and i went and conquered it and then i've been spending the last couple of days um Deconstructing like one one half of it to build a grinder for these fish monsters because they drop shards that you can use to construct the special temple blocks out of Oh. Ah. so
3: so it's a renewable
1: resource, yeah, so
0: it's a renewable resource if you if you farm the fish guys instead of just destroying the entire temple
1: is the temple such that you could empty it using sponges while you are in there.
0: Um, n- not while the bosses are still alive, because you wouldn't be able to break the sponges to recover them. And oh,
1: then... oh! So it's just like an AOE inability to break any block. It's not like yeah. the breakability yeah. of those particular blocks. Is it's toggled it's by it's the like
0: it's a huge multiplier to how long it takes you to break a block. Long huh. en- long enough of a multiplier that is just not feasible. Hm. That's cool. Yeah.
1: I have gotten to the point where I don't even read the patch notes for Minecraft anymore. <laughs> so it's been,
0: yeah, it's been a long There's, time. They've, they added a lot of neat stuff. The, well, the other, the other kind of pretty interesting thing in this most recent patch is uh, banners. You can use wool on, on a stick kind of to make like, just like a banner, but you can combine them once you have like your blank banner, you can combine it with different dyes in different patterns to like, for example, if you if you put a blank banner in your in your crafting grid with uh, three, three, three things of green dye that are in the upper right corner of the thing, then you get a banner that has the the upper left diagonal of the banner is green now and it will it will layer up to six layers of these patterns on top of it so you can combine uh, like however many different combinations of i think there's like 16 different patterns and 16 different colors and so you can you can make use six layers of this to make any design that you can come up with it's fairly elaborate and then you just have these banners that you can then put on your walls and so forth and it's pretty cool
1: hmm. at a certain point you'd think that something like that they would just give you a new interface for for making dropping die into a thing rather than like trying to force everything to be in the three by three grid hmm. i mean i guess it's probably easier to just make it work in the three by three grid because yeah, that's a probably. system that already exists yeah
0: but. huh yeah
1: so can you like draw a dick how you
0: could probably figure out a way to produce a sort of blocky looking dick i assume sure i don't know how much okay. detail you can get
1: well i don't know how much i'm going to need <laughs>
0: <laughs> anything else um there was the other the only other thing i've really played was i played for a few minutes a game called um uh, i think it was called words for evil i don't have my ipad next to me uh, it's either words with evil or words for evil. Uh, it's basically a game like 10 million, where you've got your, your guy running across the, the top of the board and you run into a monster and fight it. Except instead of being a match three, it's a word find. Oh, weird. Um, the idea is, is the, the, the grid of letters is sprinkled with some red tiles. And if you make a word that includes one of those red tiles, then you make an attack and, and, while you're looking for words, the monster also hits you every couple of seconds. Is um, it a
1: word find in the sense of being a fixed grid with a fixed number of words hidden in it, or is it a word find boggle style? It
0: is boggle, yeah.
1: Okay, and, that is m- way more interesting. Well, Are the tiles consumed when you use them?
0: Uh, yeah, and new tiles drop down. Uh, so I think I've gotten some chains that way unexpectedly. I'm not sure how that Worked. How does that work? Oh, yeah, yeah How I'm, does not, that work? I'm not sure. It's just sometimes like more stuff has popped out of there than I expected. It's it it doesn't feel great, honestly, um because um although I think it seems like they're using a reasonable letter distribution, it does not check for for instance the entire left half of the board all being consonants.
1: So then, that just gets locked off. Yeah. So there's
0: just nothing useful over there, and also it's, that's
1: sort of the problem with spell tower too, right? In that, mm. in that sort of competitive spell you have tower, to be, yeah, you got to be really, you gotta really be really, really careful about not using up all of your vowels early on, and yeah. it, in a way that just makes it kind of not fun.
0: Yep. The the other thing that's not satisfying about it is that it doesn't care how long a word you make, like any word you make, no matter how long or short it is, does the same amount of damage. Oh weird! So you're just looking for three-letter words as fast as you possibly can, basically.
1: Well, d- I mean, Depends what are the yeah? What are the colored tiles doing for you?
0: Uh, if you if you make a word that includes a colored tile, if you make if you make you get three skills as you level up, and if your word contains one colored tile, then you use your skill number one, which is just a basic attack. And then, if you if your word contains two colored tiles, then you get your skill number two, and so on. And my skill do, number two happened to be a heal.
1: So but, then, do longer words result in?
0: Yeah, I mean, it, a
1: larger, a, a higher frequency of those special tiles coming in.
0: Uh, it didn't seem to be no. It, hmm. it seemed to be fairly random that there were always just five or six red letters in this. Uh, I'm going to make an estimate of it being maybe about eight by nine or eight eight by ten grid of letters.
1: Huh. Well, yeah. I am going to try and find this game. I mean, yeah, uh, first you of should. All. Yeah,
0: I mean, you like you like word games particularly, so you, yeah, check it out and see what you think. I w- I wasn't impressed with the mechanics of it. There's another thing it did that where. Sometimes you find a chest instead of an enemy and it's that's a different mini game where it gives you 10 letters in five two letter columns and if you pick one letter one letter from each column it spells a five letter word so so the trick is to find you know what the word is but it picks the most obscure possible words in the dictionary like three of the five uh, chest that I encountered I had just never heard of the word that it was so it's not that
1: That will happen if you don't stop it from happening like yeah. if you pick a random three letter word from a list of oh, every Jesus. word in English that word will it's more often than, than not be yeah. fucking nonsense so, so yeah like are, it, yeah. it is a word but
0: yeah technically it's a word but it's not a word that anybody has ever heard of which, which makes the chest minigame no longer a test of you know can you can you uh, do you have enough visual acuity acuity to pick out the word in the time limit and now it's just have you ever heard of this word yeah, that nobody's pick, heard did it of?
1: pick a word that you know as opposed to a yeah. word that no one knows yeah.
0: yeah
1: um with word realms we had some frequency data uh, like we just had these huge corpuses of text and just gave the word a point for every time we found it and so, words that were nuts just didn't appear anywhere ever. Yeah. Like, even though they are words. um, And then we just had a frequency threshold below which the enemies would never play the words. Um, huh. So, it's either not called Words for Evil or Words and Evil in the name, or it's not available on the phone.
0: So, maybe I'm not going to buy it, it. might be only I- iPad. I don't well, see it on my phone either, and my phone automatically downloads stuff. Ah, so, uh, okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I'll give that a shot because I'll even I'll play even a bad word game.
0: Yeah, I mean, like it was only drums, a couple. It was instance. only like a buck or two. So.
1: What about you, Kevin?
3: I played. Um, most of the games that I had already played some of before, uh, a game called Particle Mace. I don't know if you remember
1: this. I've I remember demoing it, it at played. the first IndieCade. Yeah.
3: So it is now on Steam uh, Early Access. It's still Alpha, E, Beta, E sort of time. Uh, and I really like it. I've been playing it off and on for a year. Um, the concept is that you're a little spaceship and you're wandering around and you've got it's like vector style graphics is
1: vector right style like graphics, it it, it yeah. looks like uh star castle or asteroids even kind yeah, of yeah but but more like it's colored yeah go ahead um, but you have like a little um-
3: I, don't know, I guess you would call them particles on strings coming out of the back of your ship, uh, which is your, which is where the particle mace uh, name comes from. And you're swinging around, and, and if you hit something with your ship, you die. But you can destroy stuff by hitting it with the particles. Um, so it's a lot of like learning how to move around with with a particular ship to swing around and hit stuff. And like, it, it, there's a lot of like sort of good. F- like good feeling physics to the game in terms of how you move. Um, and then there's, as you play, you unlock different ships, which have a bunch of different characteristics. Like there's, um, ships with fewer, but larger particles. There's ships that move faster and have really long strings. There's ship, there's a ship called the cascade, which has uh, all the strings are different lengths. So they sort of make this sort of nice sweeping motion. Um, when you swing them around and kind of hit a whole region of stuff, um, there's a ship that moves real slow but it has a shield so you can actually take two hits before you die um, there's the robot ship which uh, it only moves in the sort of six directions of a like of a hexagon um, like it'll move side to side and then sort of diagonally up on the other two directions um, which is a frustrating limitation like when you're just trying to like navigate around space trying to avoid like asteroids or other ships or whatever. Mm. Um, but the advantage that they have is that, uh, their combo timer is longer. So if you kill an enemy ship, it starts setting up like a multi-kill thing, which increases the point value of all the ships. Um, and then that will count down and there's just like maybe one and a half times or two times as long, um, as a normal ship. Um, and yeah, there's just like a bunch of variety to it. So the, And like there's a single player campaign campaign. There's a single player mode, which is just like a bunch of missions. Um, and then there's an arcade mode, which is just competing for score. And he's like integrated, you know, the steam leaderboards into that. And then there's a bunch of multiplayer modes. There's like co-op arcade and, um, competitive like deathmatch stuff. And it's just great. It's just a lot of fun. Um, it's just very pure video game, you know? Um, I like it a lot. Uh, and then I finished Hitman Go. No. Oh. Um, oh wow, which is just super, super great. Yeah, like, it really that, is. That game is just super well designed. Um, the theming of it as like a board game is yeah, super clever because it gets rid of all the like connotations of like it's really death and violence and stuff too. Yeah, it's just very slick, and it's very committed to
1: that aesthetic. Yep. Yeah, too.
3: It's like every every level of the. Every level of the gameplay is like harkens back to that, which is great.
0: Um, I was really play- pleased with the in-app purchases in that.
3: Oh, like, I didn't even notice that there were some. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because <laughs> like the 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 next like box set, I guess the the theme is or the next set of themed levels is locked until you've gotten so many stars from the previous ones, and if you if you tap one of the locked ones, it'll show how many stars you need to unlock it, if you tap it again, it will say, oh, okay, or you could pay two bucks. Wow, really? Yeah. Huh, I've never, never encountered that. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it's so, I mean, it's was there, it f- it's there if you want it, though? but it, it does not it is at normally all a, put it in your face. It it's, it's
3: normally it's a paid only, app, yeah. but I got it for free because it was part of a promotion that IGN mm-hmm. was running or something, but,
1: um. <clears throat> I kind of had the Sokoban problem with it where my, Spatial skills are insufficient for me to be able to solve any of the hard puzzles huh. in it, where I would look at it and just think, well, that's impossible. I quit.
3: <laughs> Interesting. Like it, this, the the possibility space is so constrained that it felt really good.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's I feel like the fact that the possibility space is so constrained is what made me conclude that I, I was just never going to be able to do it because it's like uh, there's just something wrong with my mind. Huh. I'm not going to be able to solve these. I'm, I, I'm looking forward to talking about the assignment because I feel like that has the
3: exact opposite problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, yep. And then I just played, I I finally, because I think now that they have the bundle thing, I noticed that I had, there were several Cut the Rope games, which I'd never gotten. So I'm, hmm. I downloaded Cut the Rope 2 last night and I'm planning through that. Um, it's the one innovation that they made, which is kind of great actually, is that each level has a mission associated with it. And the mission is, like, some alternative way of finishing the level. Um, Like an extra
0: star or something?
3: It's for getting a little badge. Hmm. Um, And the way that you unlock, like, the super cool levels at the end is by having all the badges or collecting all of the, like, uh, four-leaf clovers. And the four-leaf clovers are only acquirable by using the uh, limited resource that they charge for. So, like, it's, it's kind of clever, right? Like, you can get these clovers, which in order to get them, you have to use these like consumables um, or you have
1: to be really good at the game. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, that's, that is the right kind of microtransaction model. Yep.
3: I like that. I like that model. Um, So yeah, I've been enjoying that. I, you know, I think Zepto Labs makes freaking great games. um, And I'm sad that like, I'm guessing that like pudding monsters just didn't ever go anywhere because they didn't ever add any new levels or anything to that and that was a phenomenal puzzle game so fi on putting monsters oh it's good you should you should definitely check that out that's one of my favorite ios games it is good it's it's uh it also has multiple win conditions for every level
1: right because you, your goal is to just get everybody together but then getting everybody together in a specific configuration yeah. Uh, you get like a bonus yep. star for doing that.
3: And then I think there might even be some like weird stuff too that like is another optional stuff. It's just, it's
1: so good. It is so good. Whatever it is about the sort of messaging of that stuff made me feel like I was an idiot if I didn't get all of the goals. And so ju- like, mm. because the levels were so trivial to just solve. To just, just, that, just be. Yeah. yeah. That, I, but
3: I really like that. I really like the fact that you can play that, play through the game and like feel like you did something or you can go back and like
1: try to really deeply dive and get every star. Right, but I I guess when when the baseline progress condition is so easy, it it ceases to huh. feel like a baseline and starts to feel like a
3: you, So you didn't so let's go back to Hitman Go for a second. Did you feel like Finishing the level was impossible, or or completing the like the uh, alternative objectives was
1: impossible. First, I felt the second thing, and then eventually I started feeling the first thing. Okay. I also might have just wandered away because I got bored. Okay. I do remember thinking, I, it was probably the the optional <coughs> objective. I so for instance, in the first level, there was that whole thing where you could like throw a rock. Yes. I never understood how that worked. I never like. It, it, it seemed like it was such a simple thing that like my inability to conceive of clarity. how the rules were for that either either felt like a uh, like a sort of a failing of kind of implicit tutorialization of the okay. of the places where you you start using that thing like you know show me something and then show me how it's different if I use this as opposed to like I feel like they
3: tried to do that just just in the context of the game. And they were successful most of the time.
1: There might have been some visual cue that I didn't pick up on, or whatever. I I don't know. There hmm. there are some there are some ways in which I am real stupid when it comes to having things demonstrated to me, and I think this game just ran afoul of interesting some of those. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I don't exactly know why, because it seems like the kind of thing. And if you described it to me, it's like, oh yeah, that's a kind of thing that it's I would rad. Really like. Yeah, it's- like. Small numbers, you know, tight, tight systems.
3: Yeah, like because the the grids are basically never more than like five by five ish. Yeah. They're the the spaces that you can move around in are really tightly constrained. Does each level introduce an additional mechanic or a different mechanic? Each different board game, like each different box, tends to have three or four different mechanics that it but the, slowly introduces. But they're not
1: just additive. Do they, you eventually stop seeing rocks? No. You, okay. Yeah. See, then that's what that that kind additive. of makes me feel like because I don't understand how the rocks work. I'm just fucked forever. Well, but any level that has a rock I'm not going to understand.
3: You could just practice with it until you figured it out.
1: Oh, yeah. Because
3: it. So could the way, you just, th- could so you the just way, explain sure. to me how the rocks work? So the so you know everything is on a is on a grid. You can't. The, there are not always paths between the nodes, right. and the, some of the nodes don't exist either. Right? Like it's it's not a complete. Um, just sort of free movement grid um, throwing a rock. You can only throw a rock on an unoccupied space. Um, and when you do throw a rock, anybody in a, in the eight squares surrounding the space where the, the rock lands uh, is, their attention is drawn to it and they will path to that space. So can you tell where the enemy's attention is? Uh, well, they, so they are usually facing something. They've got like a little, a little. Yeah, arrow. No,
1: I I know that fa- like okay. facing is expressed. So there.
3: their facing will if if they all have just immediate access to the to the square where the rock is, they will turn their facing there, and they will have a little exclamation point over their head to show that they are now they're now moving towards it with an objective, um, which can be important because you can throw a rock with that somebody behind a door can hear, and they will they will still be attracted to that location where that rock is even like until that door is opened and then come out. Um, which is something that, that like that was, that held me up for a while because I didn't realize that that was a behavior that they would have. Um, and that's one of the ways to get one of the optional objectives on a particular level is like do it early so that when you eventually do open the door, they leave the, the little closet like area that they're in basically. Um, so yeah, so then they will path to that space and then stop usually with with a, whatever facing they had. So it's a way to force a particular facing and a particular position. Sometimes to cluster a bunch of enemies. Can um, oh
1: more than one dude can be on one node?
3: Yeah, you can have. I've had up to four, four or five in one space before. They're like they're like external achievements, like uh, game center achievements for for
0: yeah, for killing like, five guys at a time. Yeah, yeah.
3: Um there are the ones that, so enemies that are, are sort of pathing will then just pick up their pathing from wherever they stopped. The enemies that are stationary will just stay there where the rock landed. Hmm. So it's possible that the one, there are some enemies that you eventually get to that follow a set, like actual course and they might just return to the original course. I don't remember. Yeah. So that's, that's how that works. It's, it's, you know, it, there is a bunch of stuff that happens when you use one. Um,
1: I mean, but, it spends a turn without you moving, which is a thing that you might want also, right?
3: It doesn't actually take a turn to throw a rock. oh yeah, there are the there in fact, I think almost every action that you take that doesn't result in you moving doesn't result in time passing hmm. except at the I think on the very last level they introduce clocks, yeah, which they, they, is a way they to
0: introduce that. It was like a new box that they introduced fairly recently that had the. Oh, option. was that? Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. See, since I just got it all, I didn't know if this was all that they had at the very beginning or or how it worked. But the last levels had had these clocks, which you, which would let one turn pass without you moving. Which a lot of the way that the game works, it's it's kind of like Crypt of the Necrodancer or a couple other games where you you have a particular kind of phase. Eight Six Eight Hack kind of works this way. like there's a bunch of a bunch of stuff where you are like always going to be diagonal to an enemy because you you know if you move in the same way or whatever Um, and so this allows you to change phase with them which Mm. is cool it's like being on a white square versus a black square in chess For, for certain pieces that means like you just can never interact
1: just bishops though right aren't bishops the only one that can't change yeah
3: Yes, I think so.
1: So if you ended up with a game where each of you only had one bishop <laughs> right. on the board. <laughs> could be problematic. You probably screwed up somewhere prior to that.
3: So, yeah, I guess you would both still have kings. Well, I was but saying. you could the kings could be, be effectively immune to the bishops because they could always just move diagonally on the, the opposite color.
1: Yeah. I was insinuating that there weren't any kings.
3: Yeah, obviously. no, I, I realize that. But now I'm trying to think of like what that game would look like. Playing fakie bishops only chess. I mean, I think it's just a stalemate, right? Because because two kings can't do anything to each other. Yeah. Unless you could somehow corner the king, I guess. But yeah, uh, yeah. So that's what I've been playing. Well, How about you, Zach? Uh,
1: we had a uh, what was this yesterday? Day before yesterday, uh, because I spent yesterday really hungover. The day before yesterday, we had a uh, video games hot dog. World of Warcraft party oh, right. uh where we did our our uh, our second annual thing where we do a bunch of old raids and it was me and it was Nightfall and it was F and two other guys who I don't have good names associated with them and I apologize uh, but we ran a bunch of old wow raids and it was a lot of fun
3: it sounds super cool nice. we did uh
1: I'm sad i missed it we went into like black black hole um, Blackrock
0: Spire black I think
1: it was Blackrock Depth uh, The one where there's a bar in it? You start at a bar?
0: Uh, right. The bar um, is, like, halfway through, but you can go straight to it. if you, Yeah,
1: you if can, like, teleport to the it. bar with yeah. the brewfest thing, yeah. Uh, so then we did that, and then that unlocked the one that for, that the Leroy Jenkins thing was from. So mm-hmm. we got the Leroy Jenkins achievement, all of us who didn't have it. So now we can have our last name as Jenkins. Nice. Oh, weird. All right, so I could just be Gron Jenkins.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I've been running around as Claudia Jenkins for a while.
1: <laughs> and then we did uh, Black black Blackwing wing layer black black descent so black wing layer is the one is the leroy jenkins one. no no
3: that's that the because that's the the big that that used to be a 40 man raid i think or whatever
1: what is the one with the
0: well Fla- i think that's black
3: rock spire because that's the one that is like nobody ever did because it was like back in the wet day it was like a 10 man thing and it, you had to do it in order to unlock
0: is that black the one i was whatever, talking about but, last week with the guy that you have to mind that's also the great, the eggs.
1: yeah we did that one i think that is in black they're Blair, all in but, the
3: same geographical yeah, location but yeah. there's i think there's like there's the there's the five man which is the depths at the bottom then there's the like 10 man which is i think spire or lower lower black yeah, there's rock two spire. Spires, there's, right? there's lower black rock spire and upper black rock spire yeah maybe that's what i'm thinking of yeah
1: so yeah it, I, it I don't remember it doesn't matter it doesn't like, really matter. they all why do you have like yeah early on there were like five of these things no there were say seven of these things and six of them had the same fucking name <laughs> yeah uh, th- so then there's also Blackwing Descent which is a, That's a new, new raid That's a that they added with Cataclysm okay. yeah which I don't really remember much about that
3: I one, say new actually. because I yeah. quit
1: it was like two capitalism. expansions ago. Uh, so then we went into we went into Outland and we did basically all the raids in Outland. That's we did That's crazy. We did a Serpent Shrine Cavern.
3: It is nuts because like, you know, when I was playing the game, there that was like were months, groups of 25 of us leading up couldn't to that, yeah. beat
1: like Lady Vash or whatever. Mm-hmm. We went into Tempest Keep, which is the only raid that I ever actually went on oh, yeah. when it was contemporary. I went in there once. We failed to beat... No, we did beat Void Reaver. We beat, like, the easiest boss in there, and then a bunch of people in your guild complained about uh, them letting casuals in. And so then I was like, well, fuck you guys, and I never raided again. That's sad. Um, That's a sad story. Yeah, that's the internet. You know, that's what happens on the internet. Also, the game... The raiding game in WoW is not made for people like me. It's not made for people who just want to kind of poke around and look at content, you know? But... Eventually, you out level it, and you can just solo everything and then we did Black <laughs> Temple, which I think you guys I've never, never actually it. made it into yep. it was yeah. pretty cool
0: black is pretty I've soloed some of it, but there's there were bits uh i f- I forget how far I got, but there was a boss that I just couldn't deal with solo so I'm could you not find back.
3: one other person on your server who was interested in doing some of this stuff so uh, that you could just be all of the fun stuff?
0: for it of it for me was doing it alone, okay. I, I just see it at my own pace.
1: And then we did uh we went and did uh something that was just a single like we went in there just to get a bag. I was complaining about how there I didn't have enough bag space. And they were like, Well, there's like a free twenty-four slot bag or twenty-six slot bag that you can get by beating this one raid, which is just literally just go into this building and kill this one dragon, and it basically takes like three lightning bolts to kill the dragon at this point. <laughs> um huh. and you get a, a mount. So I got like a black dragon mount and then a and then just a bag. I don't think it was even a bigger bag than the bags that I already had, but weird. But still. Um we just did that on the way. That was just in the basement of Wormrest Temple uh in that's a Wrath area, right? That's in Northrend. And then we did uh Naxxramas, which was interesting because you had just done a hearthstone another cool thing about this was between uh between night and one of the other guys uh who again i really apologize for to be honest never having known your name in the first place (laughs) um who were had been contemporary raiders at every stage of wow and so they were super knowledgeable about what like this is what this encounter used to be like and this is this is what they changed to make it soloable and this is this is why this would be harder if we didn't kill the guy in 4 seconds like because these are the different phases of it sometimes we would just like let bosses stay alive for a while so that they would actually get a chance to do the thing <laughs> that they did that made them interesting or difficult that's cool um none of the like We didn't get any like crazy rare drops, but the thing is with, with transmogrification where you can take new gear and make it look like any other gear that you have there, there are like genuine reasons to actually go back. I mean, they're not like they're, they're genuine to someone who believes that cosmetic things are genuine. Sure. But like, I got some, like some of the old shaman tier gear, like some of the stuff that at times were the best things that you could get which I now just have available as things that I can make everything look like, which is cool. Yep. Um, I got a staff that is just like a Zergling on the end of a stick. That was a cool. Yeah. Um, there were, it was like cool ax day. Everybody who could (laughs) drop a cool ax did drop a cool ax. And then I won all the rolls on all the axes. Nice. So I guess with the next patch, they are making it. So transmogrification works
3: Across a lot more
1: broadly, like, stuff. yeah, like, you can have yeah. a mace and make it look like a sword, and you can have a sword and make it look like an axe. Oh. You can have a, you um, can have a h-
3: helmet and make it look like a sword. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you just got a axe face. <laughs> um,
0: I'm kind of excited but, for that, for the, for the next expansion to come out. I got let into the beta, but I haven't tried it because I didn't want to spoil anything, you know?
1: Yeah, I did too, and then uh, there wasn't... Like, the character copy function didn't work. And so, or something, like, I wanted to just poke my head into the new continent and just see what the opening experience of it was like, see see what was up with the garrisons or whatever. But none of it worked. Hmm. So I couldn't, like, like, you would just hit the button and nothing would happen. So I don't know if there was just a problem with the test server at the time that I got let in or what. So I just kind of like, oh, I guess I'm not going to do this. Although I think that is when I made my new werewolf and played. Nice a little bit of it street, so top hat yeah
0: i hope it doesn't take me too long to remember how my skills work and what my rotation is well it was.
1: won't matter because they're all they're, half of them oh. will be gone
0: oh man <laughs> right are they getting rid of more skills they are
1: getting rid of a lot of skills yeah huh. um just th- they're sort of respecializing a lot of guys that had become more broadly useful <laughs> i guess um interesting because i mean there was a while there like in the beginning it was like well only this class can get rid of curses and only this class can cure poison and then slowly after they kept releasing expansion after expansion be like well fuck we got to give them some new skills they diluted a lot of what made classes special Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and uh yeah i don't know they they also like because they basically just got rid of the concept of tanking (laughs) right like Hmm. aggro just sort of isn't a thing Basically, really? like the way that you the way that you maintain aggro is by being a warrior at this point,
3: huh? But you can also tank as a death knight. But basically,
1: a- being there. a tank, being a tank spec, like essentially every aggro increasing ability had its effectiveness m- multiplied by a hundred oh, or wow. something like that. Hmm. So it was just if you taunt, you just have aggro. Um. That is either for this next expansion or it was for this one. I don't remember, but that's definitely a, I feel like that's a, a change that I saw a presentation about, or maybe just read a long detailed blog post.
3: But I guess that makes sense, right? Because having to carefully balance the amount of aggro that you're, you're, generating this like invisible number usually
1: yeah if you don't have a third party add-on to do it and i mean expressing it aggro is not the kind of concept that blizzard can express in a way that is acceptable to blizzard in right. terms of the user experience and so i mean i remember the first time that i ever went into a dungeon that was the correct level for me it was like with all right group, now with let's kill this guy i'm like okay i'm just gonna try and kill this guy and they're like whoa buddy slow down don't kill this guy that hard, right? Like, oh. Well, that sucks. Like I That's boring. I don't like I want to just go balls out and
3: yeah, but it's less coordination focused, right? Yeah, but not
1: in a fun way. Right? It like uh-huh. because because the thing is, managing aggro is basically, all right, tank be more awesome. DPS be less awesome.
3: Well, at first, and then it's like when okay, the, when the as, encounters
1: get complicated, then it's well, like get out of the fire, not, or whatever. No,
3: well, sure, but it's also like as the fight goes on, the tank gets a, a, a like a clear and definite lead, and then you can start just unloading into it. But it's like pacing yourself for the first minute or two, and then kind of going
1: hog wild. I, that does just doesn't read as fun to me because the huh. reason, y- you know, I like. I feel better about the weirder mechanisms that they put in that actually make narrative sense in over the course of a fight, right? Like, don't touch this thing or it will make a loud noise right. and the boss will kill you. As opposed to, like, there's this weird thing where there is sort of this equivalence between the amount of damage the tank does and the amount of damage that DPS does and the amount of healing that the healer does and it's just this invisible meter that the, the invisibility it, like, of it is is
3: problematic. I will definitely grant that cuz that's a thing where without add-ons I don't know that I would have ever been able to successfully play that game.
1: Um and I mean that's fine because I mean everybody uses wow add-ons. 5% of people ever did those fucking raids. Like sure. you know, 20% of people ran dungeons and Probably not 20% of people ran dungeons at the appropriate level to run the dungeons. Do you think the numbers were that low? in In vanilla? The dungeons, though? Like, dungeons were pretty accessible. I mean, you still had to... If you were playing without knowing people, which a huge number of people were... Like, so none of the people that I met later who had started playing WoW pre-Dungeon Finder, had ever done any group content. And I never did until I rolled a new guy on a server with some KOL people that I already knew because trying to find a group to run a dungeon in World of Warcraft meant just going to town and Mm -hmm. saying, hey, did anybody want to tank? uh, And in my experience... It just never worked. And partly that's because I don't have the patience to sit there and do that for an hour when I could just be killing monsters for an hour and actually getting something out of it. Huh. You know, and so so I don't know. I mean, I, I probably, b- because of my personal experience with it, same with the Minecraft mods thing. I mean, we just don't know. I imagine that the number of people in vanilla wow who ran dungeons is somewhere higher than i imagine and lower than you imagine oh i don't that i is, have no idea like i i would, I I would
3: assume it was more than 20 percent, though
1: i mean i remember blizzard saying at one point that only five percent of people rated uh, rated at all or saw That's... at at any point Whatever the highest raid was, yeah. only five percent of people had been in it. That
3: that would I would definitely believe that. I would even believe a lower number because getting into those hard the high the highest end raid was always a huge pain in the ass.
1: And that seems like a thing that is never going to work again.
3: So my that's argument, where you put my all argument of your against, against it is that that was incredibly aspirational. Like there is there is a type of player. I think myself included that really wanted to see that stuff. And so I was willing to try for a while to, to really invest in the game and, you know, found a group of people that was also similarly interested and we just, you know, and we were making slow and steady progress, but like, we just weren't like, we all had lives more or less. So like, it just wasn't going to happen.
1: But even then you describing your world of Warcraft play as the behavior of a person who had a life, Oh, yeah, that's true. It, like, you were... I was super invested in You that. were 90th percentile sure, in terms of time commitment, right? And, like, yeah, that's a life, but, like, we, you all had lives where you had jobs where you could set your own hours or whatever, right? Like, you had, the you guild had that lives... I was, the guild that I was in was mostly people that, that would
3: raid for three hours once or twice a week, and that was it, right? It was not the people that were doing it every night. Yeah. So that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, it wasn't... It's not that I... But But everyone was like me. Fixed
1: three hours, two nights a week is a serious fucking commitment for a video game. Sure, and a greater one than most of the people playing even that video game were willing to commit to. I think.
3: Yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. I mean, there were. I was really surprised by who started playing WoW. Like a lot of people that. I thought were super casual video game players or didn't even know they played video games, like picked up wow for a while. And that was super fascinating to me. And like, I'm guessing that they did very minimal multiplayer content, but
1: man, that I went through a similar journey with magic, the gathering where yeah. my freshman year of college, like I and all of the other dorks were super into magic, the gathering. But at the end of the, at the end of the year, like, like, the hippie girl who lived upstairs in the room where we went up to buy our weed was like, Hey, have you heard of this game? It's called magic. The gathering. And like, <laughs> I made a deck that's totally green, man. I'm like, of course you did. Let's, <laughs> let's play. Let's play magic. Let's play a game of magic. And she was super stoked about it. Didn't really understand how any of the stuff worked. That's, you cool. know, she just like sort of put every green card in a starter deck, like because this was back when a starter deck was still just like 50 random cards right, mm-hmm. Right. Like it was weird. It was weird. Like suddenly all of these people that you would not have ever expected. I mean, I know when our, when our friends at the bar, it sort of like, yeah, wow, that's was kind of. of moved around. Like that was, that was the thing I was like, wow, this is strange. <laughs> that was post dungeon finder and only the really serious among them, only the ones who really got into it ever did any group content. Even then. Sure. Um, even when the group content was easy. I, this, this is another case where, I mean, I've mentioned this before, I would love to be able to
3: mine Blizzard's data. Like, just to have access to that, just to see what it was like. what Like, what people did, who played what, get real numbers on all that. Like, that's so fascinating to be able to, to do some reports like that. And maybe they'll release that stuff eventually.
1: I doubt it, man. Why, why not, though? Because, you know, 10, 10 years ago, release... it's not going to be pertinent. I mean, they don't release anything about other shit that happened 10 years ago. I mean... Like, maybe they will release all of the assets for Warcraft Adventures into the public domain, but, like, no. No, they won't. Like, that's not like them at all. Sure. Uh, you know, it could be. I mean, it like, eventually someone will hack the planet and everyone <laughs> will have access to every right. piece of information ever. So, I mean, eventually you will have a machine in your pocket that is kit. you can just point it at the air <laughs> and it will detect based on the vibrations of all of the individual molecules. It can just back solve for any moment in history (laughs) at any location on earth, exactly what was going on. And then you can watch Cleopatra take a shower and then you can, (laughs) and then you can just watch guys run queries on the world of Warcraft data. Or you can do the Warcraft stuff first. I don't know. (laughs) It depends.
3: That's kind of an intense, uh, intense simulation modeling system you got there.
1: Oh, It's coming. It's coming. Uh, I also, uh, uh, video game hot dog listener, Mipu, uh, who, again, I apologize if you are someone else that I know by a different name. I, like, I keep finding people who, like, oh, this is a person that I see on Steam and I have no idea that it's also this person that I know in KOL because everybody's handles are different. Uh, uh had a spare copy of Gauntlet because they bought a uh, oh. they bought a multi pack. I did not even know that they made and released a new version of Gauntlet. Yeah, is it good? Because
3: I saw it in the in like some like sale or whatever, and I was like, oh, wow! I like I don't want to play this, but I I kind of want to play this. I like, is, I like Gauntlet so much. It it definitely like gets
1: what Gauntlet, Gauntlet is. Yeah, in a way, in a way that even the Zybots didn't. No, hmm. zybots is more of a i would say that zybots is more of a gauntlet game than gauntlet dark legacy yeah was that was what i was game. gonna ask oh, is this huh. more like
0: gauntlet or lo- more like dark legacy
1: it's more like gauntlet uh dark legacy i liked a lot yeah but i, don't know, like, I played dark legacy it,
0: it was it was
1: re- just a really really grindy oh. co-op rpg so like it, you know it was it was great for like when I was living with Roy, we would come back from the bar and just play a bunch of this and just level up. Like, we found, like, God, there's just this spider that we can kill over and over again and, like, just keep getting levels and then we'll be tough and we can go and easily go on to the next world or whatever. Like, you know, it was just... It was just... It was grindy in a way that I like things to be grindy, but it was very much like a permanent progression RPG, Mm. whereas this... By playing and by doing stuff, you sort of unlock perks on a per-character basis that... Mm. That I seem to just be heading towards a baseline game experience rather than heading towards a oh I'm the most powerful thing in the world. I see. I've only played one sort of world of it out of what I believe is twelve.
3: And you only did it solo.
1: That are in the game now. No, I did it once solo as the as the elf, and uh, once in a multiplayer game as oh like online the warrior. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. And it is, it is in, like Diablo 3, it is just this seamless, like, you make a game and you decide whether it's private or public, you can go to join a public game, and then you're just in a game and everybody picks a guy. If you don't get in there first, you don't get to pick which guy you are. Like, it's, it really makes you play all the guys. The tutorial also makes you play all the guys. Like, there is, like, this sort of looming voice that wakes the people up one at a time and makes you sort of go through... Just to go see through your like. paces as each class like you have to kill two monsters using your basic attack, kill two monsters using your special attack. Like it teaches you everything about the classes. The wizard. So I, I will I will describe one that I understand <laughs> first. Um, so there is the elf. You move around with WASD. You're pretty fast. You can hit shift and he will sort of dodge roll, which is, I think, just some invulnerability frames a little like teleport with an animation. Cause okay. I think you can go right through guys and, and not get hurt. Um, he is super, super squishy. The elf has like no hit points. You is can hold down ranged the attack. You can. Yeah. He, and he's all, he's one of only two that ever ranged attack. Um, you can left click to get a short range arrow shot. And it's pretty high rate of fire. You can right click and it does a little telegraph that like narrows down from a cone to a line in front of you. And then you let go and it's a high damage arrow attack you can hit a space bar to drop a bomb and it is on a cooldown um that's awesome that's super cool so those are those are your abilities once you have killed a certain number of enemies with bombs or dealt a certain amount of damage with bombs you can hit the bomb button while you're focusing one of those ranged Uh. attacks and it shoots a bomb Hmm. in that direction Um, so you you unlock like slight variations on your verbs just by playing and i unlock that playing through one level so It's not super hard. A lot of the things that you unlock are like, if you get killed 30 times, then you will drop less of your gold when you get killed. Um, which in multiplayer is important because the, there are these like ratings that you get at the end. Like it's very competitive. Like you're sort of encouraged to fuck with each other and like maybe deliberately shoot the food and maybe, (laughs) you know, maybe like, Oh, I'm going to let, I'm going to leave you guys to kill all these ghosts while I just dart around the edges of the room, breaking all these pots and collecting all the gold. Right. (laughs) And that's pretty cool. Um, the wizard would maybe make sense if I was using a controller, but As it is, I think the way that you get into a mode where you are picking which spell you want it to cast when you hit the left mouse button, and you do that by hitting- Scroll wheel? You have four buttons that are four different elements. No, there's no scroll wheel. What the fuck? And the buttons that you hit are, are left click, which is weird because I don't know what. Even the tutorial for the wizard, it's like to sh- fireball, left click, shift, right click. I'm like, what? Is what that is how that? you shoot a fireball? No, that's how you set your attack to fireball. But then I think you and left then click. Right click is just always fireball. I think left click then becomes always fireball. Yeah. And so he has a lot more verbs than the other. Guys, but you have to pick which one you're using. And then they, I think they have different cooldowns maybe. And huh. some of them are activated with the space bar. And so I just really don't understand it. It took me a really long time to finish the tutorial for the wizard because it was like, do these things, which it gives you instructions for. And then it's like, now kill enemies with two other spells. And you have like nine or 12 spells or something. Holy cause, cow. Cause it's a bunch of pairs, ordered pairs of four different elements. Hmm. Oh, wow. Right? And so, yeah, he's really flexible and really confusing. So I, I'm sort of dreading the moment when I get into Drop a multiplayer into game <laughs> and I have to be the wizard. Uh, anyway, I definitely want to play more of it. It it can seems to... Can you local multiplayer? Uh, yeah. I, yeah, you can do local multiplayer. So, yeah, we could get a couple controllers. That'd be cool. I bet you could do two of us local and two people over the internet even. It... When I played the same sort of world twice, and it was one level. I don't think the levels are procedurally generated, but they look procedurally generated, which is a little... Like, well, I think how would they it, not be procedurally
3: generated? That seems yeah. crazy. Well, I mean,
1: original gauntlet levels weren't.
3: I guess not. I guess they just they were just like 20 or 30 different ones, and they just... Well, there were like separate.
1: 100. There were like 100 of
3: them. Well, there were 100 levels, but didn't they just repeat a lot of the layouts?
1: They didn't. No. Remember, there was that, that super clever way that they put you through the levels and i think they did the same thing in zybots although zybots started procedurally like uh axis swapping levels and i don't know if there were any actual random generation features of the later zybots levels but in gauntlet there were the first like few levels were always the same but then it dropped you at a random point in the rotation of levels and every time you went through an exit there was a it would also pick a random prime number that was how far forward it would like what a plus one level
3: counted as hmm i think you learned all this at a yeah that ed, 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 ed logs
1: uh, gauntlet postmortem. okay um yeah so there were like there were a hundred levels and it would put you in a it would it would pick two numbers it would pick your your starting number and then a prime number that was the distance that it would go between levels so Doing that, and it would roll over. Like, if it went to 110, it would take you to level 10. Right. Doing that just meant that there was a sequence that would only repeat every 100 levels, Hmm. but every game would be totally different. Um, That's cool. You would get, like... But, I mean, it also meant that the difficulty was pretty flat, unless they they increased it just number-wise. Like, if they just made the guys do more damage, which is kind of spawners could
3: be faster, like
1: Yeah spawner Yeah, okay that's a good point. Yeah.
3: There there are definitely ways to
1: But everything pretty much like died in a fixed number of hits. Like there wasn't a sense of like unless maybe there was. Like did the axe did the warrior's axe do more damage than the elf's
0: arrows? Yes. Yeah I'm pretty sure it did.
1: Okay. So you could kill like a bright white ghost in one hit with the warrior but it took two hits as the elf maybe. Maybe.
0: Yeah
1: Um, something like that. But yeah I mean so, there was one level that was just like, go around, learn the fundamentals of this. Second one was, all right, now death is here, so you just have to run through the level. There are no enemy spawners. Okay. There are just enemies, and then there's treasure, but like- Can you like, not kill death? You can't, uh, so far, at least. Ooh, so, not know, even death, with death bombs? No, the way that there aren't bombs, the potions aren't bombs. Okay. The potions are charges of special abilities that you can socket. Oh. Um But I bought one there. Those are the things that you buy and then upgrade in between levels with. Mm. So you can pick you're like, all right, so on my there's your Q slot and your E slot. So you're like, I'm going to put boots of speed in my Q slot. And what that does is it makes it so when you hit Q, it consumes a potion and makes you run way faster for a certain amount of time. And the baseline versions of all of those those relics that you can activate, the special powers you can activate are all pretty cheap. Like they're well within reach. But then you can upgrade them to more expensive versions yes. of them for way more gold over time. Um, so yeah, there, there was the basic like sort of tutorial level, and then the runaway from death level, and then the third level was one big room that it did waves of monster spawner spawns hmm. in. So just huge, huge number of monsters in a small amount of space. Um, and I don't know what the other ones are like, but it seemed like it was really like you're going to go do this and it's going to take like 10 minutes. And that's what a game of gauntlet is, is oh, weird. four guys go into this thing for 10 minutes and then you're back out in the hub world. Is your character persistent? Yes. Uh, well, all of the perks that you unlock are persistent. I mean, it kind of doesn't, your character is just your character, right? Like the, the things you buy are persistent. Those relics that you buy, okay. but only per character, right. right? Like I did the first one as the elf and then I had to be the warrior the second time around, which was kind of nice because it actually forced me to play through an entire game, kind of learning the warrior's skill set. Right, he has like a a kind of a sweep attack, and then a more targeted, higher damage attack with that has kind of a wind up. Um, and his movement, his shift thing, you have to charge it up in a direction, but then you do like a bull charge that just knocks everybody over. It doesn't do any damage, but it incapacitates the enemies for a few seconds. Crazy. Ooh. Uh, and his Spacebar cooldown thing is just like a whirlwind that you can move around a little bit and kill everything around you. Um cool. I really want to play some more of it. I thank you, Mipu, for giving me that extra copy. I think there were three of them and they bought a four-pack, is what happened. That's cool. Um I, I haven't gotten to play it with anybody that I know, but uh yeah, I'm looking forward to it. The other thing I did was over the weekend, I put 18 hours into wow. Wasteland 2. <laughs> Um, it is really good. Nice. Nice. It is It is in a lot of ways the game that I wanted Shadowrun Returns to be. Hmm. Hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's not in the Shadowrun universe, which is – that would have been a nice feature for Shadowrun Returns to have. I don't know what they were thinking, not <laughs> doing it that way. It, it So there's a lot of things that it, – it's been interesting seeing the press about Wasteland 2 because I feel like a lot of the guys that are writing about video games now – are too young to have really played like a Baldur's Gate or, and I didn't even play Baldur's Gate but like
0: like a Fallout 1, Pools of
1: Radiance yeah, that's even further back, I know, Pools of Radiance is like that weird intermediate step between like the Bard's Tale and Fallout 1 yeah Um, I played the shit out of
3: Pools of Radiance actually I think I went through the entire campaign two or three times hmm.
1: I don't know why (laughs) So Wasteland Two, something that was really impressive to me, I, w- I had never been able to play Wasteland, and it was largely because you needed the manual. I think to to really, really hard to really get it right. Yeah, and it was really hard. But I remember sitting down with uh, an old coworker of mine, and he was like, "Oh man, quick, download Wasteland!" And because it was the internet, I mean, it took us it took us two minutes to find and install and get working a copy of this game. He's like, "Check this out." He just, like, made... He picked one of the guys with this particular skill that, like, you just go to this certain spot and then, say, use climbing on this wall and then it just let you skip the first five fights of ways. Like, this game is very much in that spirit to the point where it has some really annoying features. Like, if you are given the key to a gate, right? When you see a gate... On the main map, you can right click it to examine, which just uses whatever the focused character you have a party of up to seven people and you get up to seven people pretty quick. It uses the perception skill of whatever characters on point, whatever character is selected. Right. Which what it usually does is like carefully examining the gate, whoever finds a lock (laughs) But sometimes it's a lock and an alarm. So then you need to find somebody with the room disable alarm skill and use that on it. And they have a percentage chance of success. And then you find somebody with the pick lock skill and use that on it. If you are given the key to a gate, the way that you have to open the gate is to go into the inventory of the character who has the key. And you don't necessarily remember who that is because you don't remember who was focused when you had the conversation. You don't make a key master and just give them all the keys. Well you could if you remember to do it, but because you're always switching back and forth between these guys, who you are who you are in a conversation is really fluid. You can you can swap at any time. So they'll give the key to somebody. So then you just have to go go through everybody's inventory. Uh, Find the key. All of the keys have identical icons. They only Uh. made one key icon, which is a little frustrating, but you know, a lot of the keys in Kingdom of Loathing use the same icon. Sure. <laughs> I try not to do that too often, but you also. But you, you're a single person. In Kingdom person of Loathing, you click on the fucking door. door, and if you have the key, it lets you in. In In Wasteland 2, you have to find the guy with the key, set the key to one of his hotbar icons. Um, this can't be right. There's got to be some other way pop to do this. out, select the key. Like use the skill that is the key uh, and th- click on that the can't gate. be right. There's that like it doesn't seem like it could be. Here, here's the thing. Like what you sort of want is you want all right. If I use this guy with a lock picking skill, I want to be able to click on a locked thing and have him just try to use his lock picking right. skill on it. What you really want is when you click on a thing that is locked, you want whichever one of your characters. Has You've high. obviously been leveling up their fucking lockpick skill right. to just go open it. What this does, though, what it allows them to do is to add super weird hidden interactions to things, right? Like mm-hmm. it basically just becomes the biggest adventure game, the biggest ever. adventure game. <laughs> but it is not. But you never have to do any of that right sure like it's just oh there's this you run into these guys and one of them is wounded and there is not like it's not like just a wow thing where it's like press press right click on this guy to apply a bandage to him or whatever if you happen to have a person with the surgeon skill and you activate the surgeon skill and click on the guy and they're a sufficiently skilled surgeon they can heal him and then that changes the storyline a little bit and you get some extra rewards or whatever for doing it but like the fact that you can use you can try to use any skill and there are a lot of skills on any interactable object in the world makes it so they can hide a lot of stuff sure. mm. in there. That is, like, you think, well, maybe this would work, and then you try it, and maybe it does. You don't have to do any of that to proceed, which is where the game is very kind. And the moments where you do have to actually mess with this interface, which is janky in these moments because it is so broad, is when it is a huge pain in the ass to use a key on a door. Right? Right. Whereas, like, I mean, really, what I would do, it took me a really long time to figure out, and I just, I I actually consulted a walkthrough, which didn't work because there weren't any walkthroughs that actually specified how to do this. This whole time, the whole first part of the game, it's like, you need to find these radio towers and hook up these repeater units to them. I had forgotten that the repeater units were an item in the inventory of one of my characters. And what you had to do was hotbar it and then use that hotkey on the radio tower. And I kept looking at it. I was like. The radio is fully functional. You click on it and it just observes it. The radio is fully functional. The radio tower is fully functional. The radio tower is fine. The logbook says, time to hook up that repeater to the radio tower, but it took me forever to f- work out the what way to about. physically do it. Huh. That said, it is way more forgiving interface-wise than an original XCOM, say. It is... Mm, right. it is XCOM remake levels Shadowrun Returns levels of abstraction in the combat also it's a game where it just makes sense for everyone to have guns so I've realized I think I'm a lot more okay with controlling eight dudes if those eight dudes are hiding behind stuff shooting as opposed to having to like run up to a particular position and
3: are you a particular person and then you have a party that you
1: then control? Nope you are four guys to begin with Wow. Like, there is no you. I like, did there did isn't you. Fallout. Fallout, you have four guys that you have absolute control over, and then up to three followers. And there's, there's various different ones that you can meet uh, throughout the game. And they have strengths and weaknesses. They, if you don't have a character with leadership skill, they will often Abandoned decide to me. stop listening to you and go under AI control. Huh. Which sometimes that's fine i mean sometimes they're like fuck you i'm going rogue and then they just go kill the guy that i was gonna tell them to kill anyway (laughs) you know but that might be more of a factor i'm playing on easy and it's it's hard enough like i've gotten to the kind of second act of the game and it's starting to it's getting to the point where i'm like pretty regularly getting dudes knocked unconscious during combat like the guys are just getting harder and partly that's because i think these games tend to want to steer you towards switching to like energy weapons at the end of the game because you start running into robots and stuff at the end of the game and energy weapons are better against robots um but there is such a dearth of skill points and so many things you want to do Mm right right and like sometimes you'll focus on a guy you're like i'm gonna have this guy be my lock picker and then you'll like just pick up an npc that has a higher lock picking skill <sighs> than you've put all the points in it's like well fuck if i i wish i had known right that uh man that's annoying see this
3: my tendency would be to try to save all my points
1: i often do i mean i will often save points until i find something that i really want to do the, the the general issue that i have with something like a lock picking system in video games is that they will often do this stuff where they withhold story that they'll they'll withhold satisfying conclusions of our mm-hmm. goal resolution arcs because you just didn't happen to put enough points into locksmithing like and you know you were able to finish this other one because you're a sufficient computer hacker to be right. able to to really understand what was going on in this building or whatever. But I because mean, Alpha you're
3: not- Protocol did that, right? But that was it. Was also satisfying to have a shittier ending because the story was good, right?
1: Yeah, Alpha Protocol also was more akin to The Walking Dead than it was to Fallout, hmm. in the sense that you knew you were making choices, right? It what like sure. If you show me a terrorist camp that I have to infiltrate, I see a very different thing than if you show me a dungeon or if you show me an abandoned warehouse filled with what are effectively treasure chests, (laughs) Right? right? I didn't need to go do everything in Alpha Protocol, and I think it's just a thematic thing. Like, huh? I don't know exactly why. But Alpha Protocol felt more like, well, these are just the choices that I'm going to make. And I'm either doing this thing or I'm not doing this thing. Whereas in a in an RPG where you can have... I was like, well, do I want to do lock or hacking? Well, yes, I want to do both. And what that means is that I'm going to be frustratingly mediocre at both of them until the sort of end game. Right. But I mean, every Fallout playthrough, I always pick... Lockpicking and hacking as tag skills. Yeah. And max both of those out as early as possible mm. because that just limits the number of dead ends I'm going to run into. Right. And in this one, there's just a lot of areas that you can't get into. Although some of those things I think are also subject to a, a skill called brute force that you can use to just break down walls and stuff. And I found that you can also use sticks of dynamite to <laughs> get into a lot of those. Nice. But some of them are just gates where the key is brute force which is less narratively satisfying than a lock. Hmm. This has lock picking and safe cracking as two different skills, oh, which oh, is wow. interesting. And then there are electronic safes, which use computer science as a skill. Jesus. But later on, you encounter this this Warhammer 40K dork who you can enlist into your party who's got a really high computer science skill. It's, it's cool. There are, like, you find Teddy spins. You find Furbies. Okay. Like, just straight up, like, this is what they're called. Just these trademarked objects from the real world. Uh, In a way that makes me wonder if they got permission to do those things, or if they just think that they're a small enough scale outfit that no one will care.
3: I mean, isn't it okay to reference stuff?
1: I don't know. I mean... By name? I don't know if it is or not. I don't know if you're allowed to, like if it was a game about collecting Mattel toys from 1980, and it was just a bunch of trading cards with you know, copyrighted material on them, they would certainly... Sure. (laughs) They would certainly say that that wasn't okay, and like, what is the categorical difference between having a thing in there? I mean, when we do stuff like that in KOL, we change it so that it's definitely parody. Yeah, that's true. And I was surprised that this one doesn't. What's weird is that some stuff it did, um... I forget exactly what it was. It was it was a an Atari Jaguar that you find, but it was called another go word cougar. It was like another term from go, another Japanese word, and it took me a while to figure out what it was actually referencing because I also don't know what an Atari Jaguar looks like, so I didn't recognize the icon. But then at another point a guy like is asking you to retrieve a CDI. Like a fucking Philips CDI. He's like, I don't have one of these for my video game museum collection, and I would really like to find a working one. So I don't know where they. I don't know how they made the decisions about which commercial products to reference directly and which ones to hmm. obliquely parody. Anyway, Wasteland 2, it's fucking good, and like I said it it is fascinating seeing press talk about this I think for a lot of them Divinity Original Sin was the first game like this that they had ever played Mm -hmm. and this is different than that this is this is less weirdly like systems driven the way that that elemental stuff works you're a lot less prone to like something fucking up and your entire party is just dead right away which I feel is a fairly good feature (laughs) Of a game. Uh, On easy, it's actually kind of easy. The combat, which is nice. I am really, really looking forward to Torment Tides of Numenera Hmm. at this point. Same Same studio, same engine, yeah. Okay. And, man, I am stoked. I was already pretty stoked about that, but, like, given that Wasteland 2 is actually, like, really good, it feels... I mean, they're both the same genre of game, written in Unity. This and this and uh, sh- uh, Shadowrun Returns. This feels nicer. This <laughs> feels more polished. This feels more expensive, and it is. I mean, it's twice the cost, and I think had. I don't know how much money. They spent a lot more Returns. time on it too. They did, and they had a lot more money going into it. Right? I mean, didn't didn't the wasteland two Kickstarter make a million dollars? I don't remember. I don't remember how big the Shadowrun Returns one was, but this is just... Actually, I guess also all of the background assets in the Shadowrun game were just 2D sprites. Or Or were they?
3: Or did they, they render them out
1: and then flatten them to 2D? Well, now I'm suddenly not convinced that either of those things is true. I think, though... If I if if you put a gun to my head, I would say that Shadowrun Returns has a fixed camera, and that all of the assets are actually just two D renders of assets that are on a forty five degree grid. Yeah, I don't. Whereas remember. this is very definitely like some of that good good default Unity ground texture and and three so D assets that with a freely rotatable camera.
3: Shadowrun Returns raised one point eight million. Oh wow. And wasteland two raised three million,
1: okay, well, good. I'm glad that that didn't come back and bite me in the ass instead of proving my point.
3: No, it's about I mean you're it's
1: about it twice does as, it does feel like a, a game about twice as polished <laughs> and it costs twice as much. I mean, yeah cause I'm pretty sure Shadowrun returns was like twenty bucks new and this was forty okay, but man, if like I don't know if uh. G- Gary, uh, Gary Butterfield definitely ought to play this for his Infinity Engineers mm-hmm. thing because mm-hmm. this is more like one of those than Shadowrun Returns. You had, Riff, you had specifically recommended Shadowrun Returns to him, right?
0: Did I? I don't remember. No, I, no, I, I recommended Divinity Original Sin.
1: Oh, Divinity Original Sin. Okay. That's right.
0: Yeah. I gave him my spare copy. Divinity Original Sin
1: feels more expensive than Wasteland 2 to me. It, it is definitely like, uh, there are more animations and things are more fluid and like, Wasteland 2 just has a lot of things where it's like, well, you get this decal on the bottom of a guy to show that he's selected and a lot of the time it's like partially obscured by mm. the by the the right. ground, you know, but by the like just the default ass unity terrain that they're using. And it's you know it's fine. who cares I had a really I had a kind of a rough situation where somebody got hit with a knockback attack and it knocked them inside an an interactable object oops. And so it became all but impossible to actually to click on them on. with the medic skill to sort of resuscitate them. Is there not like a, can you not cycle between your character with a tab? In or combat, I had to move right up next to them. It was also like, might have just been a bug where I kept, normally, like, if a, if a person is within action point distance of the person that you're trying to get them to use a skill on they will just run up to that person and then use the skill on them if you click the skill and then click the icon of the other party member that you're trying to use the skill on Uh, but this just wasn't working then for some reason even though I was one space away it was like not enough action points to do this weird um I don't know why I don't know why that would have been but and I worked it out don't worry I was able to save bear even though she had been knocked into a pile of garbage (laughs) But yeah, everyone buy that if you think you're even a little bit interested in it. Speaking of things you're just a little bit interested in, uh, did you guys see anything in the news?
3: Titan was cancelled. Which is not a big surprise, I guess, but... What was? What was?
1: Titan? Titan, the oh, unannounced, right, right. B- the unannounced, uh, completely yeah. secret Blizzard. I mean, basically, a thing that we had no idea what it was or when it was coming out. It turns out it's coming out never. And what is it? Fuck you.
0: Yeah, man. I wonder. I wonder if anyone will ever know what it was going to be. I mean, it was probably a
1: like post-apocalyptic a first-person shooter first-person MMO, shooter MMO yeah.
3: which sounds a lot like Destiny, mm. which is got like been just reamed by the press
1: i suspect that all of the reasons that people don't like destiny blizzard would not have fallen into that trap
3: true but they i mean they so they spent seven years
1: working on it with teams up to 100 people and didn't end up with anything fun didn't end up with and it sounds like it's possible that no one at blizzard knows anything about making a fun shooter yeah right i mean maybe they needed to poach some talent from elsewhere the call of duty team Like it's not even poaching. It's the same company. Well, sure. (laughs) Um, yeah, they were crazy secretive about it. Like even when we were there and kind of got, we, we didn't get yelled at, but we got our buddy yelled at because we dallied too long in a hallway where there was some sensitive Diablo three information posted. They, there were doors up over parts of blizzard's campus that were like, no fucking visitors, period. Yeah. And they were like, oh, that's where Titan's being worked on.
3: I mean, it said Titan like, the wall, yeah. so... They were like, oh, cool.
1: Like... Was it or did they just salvage parts of the Titanic to use to decorate their walls? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like,
3: the from the little rumblings that I've heard, it sounds like it was a crazy, ambitious project that they just couldn't quite pull together. And I don't exactly understand what the, where the ambitions lie, but like pers- maybe it was like persistent universe kind of ambitious or something, you
1: know, like stuff that I mean, they must have believed that it was possible sure. to have spent the amount of time and the amount of money that they spent on it. I I for one am very glad that there is a company that is successful enough And kind of has enough integrity to be willing to Mm. allow an experiment like that to pan out the way a science experiment is supposed to work, where even if you don't accomplish what you set out to accomplish, you've at least learned something. I do wish that anyone other than them... Yeah, yeah. I, I do wish that anyone other than them could benefit from the lessons that they learned. Yeah. I mean what would be awesome is for them to do a GDC talk about, this is what Titan was, and this is why it failed. Right. And this is what we learned about making this kind of thing, lest anyone else ever try, but Blizzard is not the kind of company that will do that. And, it's sad, but, I mean, this is like I was saying earlier, like, nobody knows, I don't think anybody knows anything about Warcraft Adventures or about StarCraft Ghost. Like, Somehow, nothing has ever leaked. Yeah, that's weird. About any of those. It does seem weird. Like, they, maybe they put a cortex bomb in everyone <laughs> that they hire. And, like, that your 25th anniversary, him. yeah, your it 25th anniversary, up. what the ring does is it deactivates <laughs> yeah, the cortex bomb.
3: I had ever heard was so speculative based on, like, job descriptions and... And like,
1: yeah, ad postings and stuff like that. Like, it was just there was that article on Massively today, which was a collection of everything we know about Titan and everything anyone knew about Titan that could actually be nothing. cited was like six offhand remarks from Mike Morhaime or or Chris Metzen. Yeah. Like, and they were all things like, oh, it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Like, so we know it was going to be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Man, also, uh, Spacebase DF9 kind of got canned.
3: Yeah, I mean, it just was not bringing in enough money to justify continue working on it, right? Or it was... it was. They were spending... They had spent all the money that it had made and then were starting to spend down the yeah, company coffers. They,
1: I think at this point, they're they're chewing through as little money from other sources as it takes to actually get it to a, what they consider to be a releasable 1.0. I, I have never seen... A more consistently vitriolic and articulate spew of shit fly out of the internet, as I saw in the Steam forum replies to JP LeBreton's post where he talked about it, and then Tim Schaefer's where he kind of explained it. It was, it was horrifying the way that people responded to this. the The chief. The chief thing that these people were saying, which just... This means, as if you didn't already know this, you cannot listen to these assholes. You need to give us a refund. Like, oh, you ran out of money, huh? Well, you better give us our money back. <laughs> N- no, you don't... Mm.
3: You you got what you want. What like, you get to the front of the make?
1: line and the ice cream store says, sorry, we're out of ice cream. Well, that's all right. Just give me my ice cream. Like... <laughs> it's I, like,
3: except for that, that's not, that's not how that works. Right. Like,
1: well, they didn't borrow a bunch of ice cream from a bunch of people yeah. to make the coolest Sunday in the world. And then they made it they made a Sunday that like, it, I feel bad because they the actually people. made
3: the game. Like, that's what, that's what I don't yeah, but They didn't
1: like the, the, what, the, what the, what the detractors argue is that they didn't make the game that they promised, which was. A game that they worked on as long as Dwarf Fortress, right? But they needed more than the original sales produced right. to make that game because that kind of game takes a really long time to make. I, I'm i a little sad that it got canned like this because I, I genuinely believe that the first person that can make an accessible Dwarf Fortress is gonna have a really important thing on their hands and a really successful thing on their hands i don't know that i believe that this was ever going to be that but i want i want there to be more tries i want there to be more attempts at it that are funded
0: there was people that, get really there mad about that game, towns excellence. that was a uh, that was meant to be also a uh, an accessible dwarf fortress and that yeah and too.
1: and no moria was another one but that
3: actually it came out right
1: yeah it did but i mean so did Sp- like i mean space space was early access i think Nomoria might have also been early access oh, like that, it was that it might i don't know nice, yeah. that is
3: confounding so many things at this point the fact that so many games are coming out and available for sale when they are just shells of games like w- what does it even mean to be a game for like a product anymore
1: well i mean that's the thing right i mean we've We've been operating a thing that is a service rather than a product yes. for a really long time. And I mean, which is fine. And I mean, Minecraft was very much exactly what you are <laughs> describing, right? And so I think that opened the door for, oh, well, this is a it, model. It was something that I bought directly from them and knew what I was getting into. As opposed to through Steam. I mean, yeah. so I, like a Kickstarter game where you got beta access. I, I feel is, like Kickstarter, is, is, I know is, what I'm getting fine. into. Yeah. I mean, I don't tend to buy. I bought Spacebase DF9 on Early Access, kind of because I like, thought it was a good idea, and I liked JP, and I wanted to support them. Right. You know? And it's... I have not regretted
3: buying Crypt of the Necrodancer Early Access. Oh,
0: yeah. Like, it is... Well, that was... I mean, that was almost entirely... It was a complete game in Early Access. I mean, all that was missing was an additional fourth level that they were still working on.
3: You say on. that, and he's, like... I don't know if you read the notes of, like, what he's working on, but it's it's, like another half of a game well i mean he's adding more stuff
0: but he's adding stuff to what was already a complete game he's just making a bigger and better game yeah yeah
3: Mm -hmm. i feel i feel like the the notion of what a complete game is is very subjective and sure and people are just always going to be pissed because it's like this game is not as complete as they wanted it to be in their imaginations.
1: But it is, you know, it is no more or less complete, I would argue, than, like, say, Prison Architect. Sure. And Prison Architect is just real popular. Like, shitloads of people are buying it, so they've got plenty of money to keep working on it. And I don't know, man. People get people get pissed off when they think that somebody else has more money than them. <laughs> right? People hmm. get so shitty about the amount of money that Double Fine Adventure raised, and then... Right. They don't actually think about, like, A, you don't get the amount that is listed on the Kickstarter page. B, it costs a fucking fortune to make video games. Yeah. yeah. Like, you have to pay a bunch of extremely talented people who could easily go somewhere else and make more money than you're willing to pay them for the same work. Like... It is fucking great. Like, these are things that are made by some of the smartest people in the world, working really hard for a really long time, and it's fucking expensive. But you say, well, you made $30,000 on this Kickstarter. Like, why the fuck isn't there a game already? Yeah. It's like, well, I you know.
0: $30,000 will pay for half of one guy for a year.
1: I mean, it's three months of a guy in San Francisco. It's three months of a guy in San Francisco. Yeah, Yeah. it depends. It depends on where you are. But I mean, it really is like to have a guy at a game studio in any place where guys like that want to live, you know, you, Riff and us until recently, notwithstanding, (laughs) it's like a hundred grand a year for a guy who knows what they're doing. And, you know, and that includes like their desk and shit too. But like there are ways to do it cheaper. But there are not ways to do it a lot cheaper. You know, you live somewhere shitty, you can do everything yourself. you can, you know not buy people adequate computers <laughs> to, to do the job. like, but right, people see these Kickstarter numbers and they think, wow, that that's more money than I made last year. Like if I had a hundred grand, I could do anything, but like, no, you really couldn't. Like you really, really couldn't. And neither can anybody else. And somebody who doesn't know what they're doing sets up a Kickstarter, ends up spending three quarters of it mailing t-shirts to Australia. And then they're like, well, fuck. (laughs) Now what? And a lot of times they come through and make an amazing thing. And a lot of times because they got five times as much as they needed and didn't fuck their plans up. uh, You know. I don't know what happened with the double fine adventure but i do know that tim schaefer is not a con artist and i know that like they didn't just fuck up right like they just did a thing that was expensive and it resulted in a thing that some people like the way that you know something is a thing is if at least one person on the internet describes it as the worst thing in the world (laughs) (laughs) anyway we're running long yeah So this assignment, Hack and Slash, speaking of, like, bullshit scam artist bullshit to come out of Double Fine. (laughs) I hated this game. Kevin liked it, I guess.
0: I thought it was okay. I really enjoyed it up until the part that I got stuck on.
1: Which was where? Yeah, where do you? Get Which
0: stuff? was in the 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 first big cavern after like you meet the scientist girl and you get the monocle that lets you go okay. into the computer world and reprogram stuff. And the first couple, you know, the first couple locks of that are pretty straightforward and easy. But then you get to the big cavern, and the whereas all Does- the hacking of everything else so far has been pretty straightforward. Right. The, this is the most ludic- ludicrously opaque and badly explained thing I've Man. ever seen. You would have just shit
3: when you got to the final level. Really? Oh my! Because <laughs> that was all. That I felt like that was still totally straightforward. Because
1: was mean, that was the part? Riff is describing the part where you start messing with the Lua code is. for the yeah. game.
0: Yeah, it would. I mean, because you didn't get the bombs yet, right? No, I haven't got bombs yet. I, it would okay. have been. It would have been. I, I could oh, have wrestled God. through it if when you go into the computer world, if there was a plaque on the wall that told me what the code was currently, instead of having to leave and look at the terminal again and try and memorize that or write it down and then go back in the computer world. I mean, it, or it is there. It's just a graphical representation of it. <laughs> yeah, a graphical representation that makes no sense. It's weird. I didn't even
1: get that far because every opportunity that any person had to get stuck in this game, I got stuck at. Like, I got sick of having to ask Kevin how to get past literally every screen Mm. for, like, four screens in a row. And I was just like, I just The only thing that I remember telling you was that you could stand on the back of a turtle. Parts of this. So that was the first thing. That was the first place I got stuck. Okay. Was not understanding that you could go north in this cave that seemed to exist just to contain that sprite, right? There was like, if if there had been a single river that you had to cross there, there was. to get to that cave, there where was. You had but to there was a on the back second of the
3: way to get across it. that was a bridge. Oh, and that was. And I was like, why are there multiple paths? Like this confusing sequence of paths. Like that's where I learned how to ride a turtle. And then I'm like, oh, but I could have also just taken this bridge. That seems like a bad choice. And I took
1: the bridge. And so I had no idea that you could walk on a turtle. So I had no idea that you could go north in that cave. So I just wandered around the gigantic, everything looking fucking identical. No way to distinguish foreground from background. Extra layers of fog that look exactly like the ground moving around in the foreground of everything. No idea just wandering and wandering and wandering. Is there a trick to this infinite forest that they've let me into? Oh, man. Like...
0: The forest was so fucking weird. Just the visual effect of it made yeah, my brain feel sick. I still don't sick. exactly understand how they did that. What? I, I couldn't even figure out what it was doing. It yep, it made me great. feel carsick in my head, and I, yep. I don't get carsick. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. Oh, I I liked that. Like I said, I liked everything up until that bit. Do you? Is there ever, like, the other thing that that would have helped me out a lot in with the computer programming was if the hat that lets you see is invisible things, if the text in it wasn't all fucking moon letters. Is it
1: eventually that, replaces. There's something that you get that makes that just English, right? Okay.
0: You, but you can but, but you, can
1: not,
3: s- you can also just not do that. Well, right. Yeah.
1: But I mean.
0: But but yeah. but you can't get that before the, that room though. I r-
3: my advice to Zach was I highly recommend you name your character A B C D E F G H I J K L M N and that you name and you name your sprite the second half of the alphabet.
0: I, I I I did happen to I noticed that when when you see those wanted posters, I did realize that I had coincidentally named my characters some. Th- with useful some useful letters, letters. yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was that was kind of funny, but uh...
3: before I, could, I realized that you were going to be able to like translate it in the in the game, I had I had reconstructed uh, two thirds of the alphabet mm. and was able to read most things, but it was kind of a pain in the ass.
1: Oh, and then the next place I got stuck was when you first get that hat, and there are those extremely slow moving invisible platforms, oh, platforms that look like nothing <laughs> look like nothing yeah um i just like walked around, and walked around and walked around and walked around what am i supposed to figure out here constantly just falling off of things that i didn't know were ledges like yeah
3: that's a little that's a little annoying the visual yeah.
1: style also you would regularly fall off of something and then if you had still been if you had been actively moving if you'd been holding a key down when you fell into that hole you would respawn with just enough momentum to throw yourself down the <laughs> hole again
0: i i got into a problem at one point um in in the the castle there's this thing where you have to reprogram these pipes that are shooting out uh fireballs at regular intervals
3: i think that's where you stop that's where i quit playing
0: i i accidentally set one of those fireballs to make one of those tubes to make fireballs that were almost the size of the screen oh shit (laughs) so i would like respawn and get knocked off the ledge immediately and i i mean it's cool that that can happen <laughs> yeah it was it was funny but it was a pain in the ass
1: <laughs> something that would have helped me is no matter how vague even if it was extremely vague just a this is what you're trying to accomplish
0: mm. now like because a, a quest tracker
1: because you don't know anything you just i'm not saying like give me a map and show me where a thing is on it although that would have been fucking nice too also, <sighs> why are the areas so fucking big? That is there is a not weird. enough interesting stuff to fill up the amount of space that there is, and it's just, oh, the, I mean, these these trees are real pretty. I'm sure that your artist worked really hard on making these like crazy it was, texture watercolor it really trees, was the,
3: only the beginning just, of the game was that
1: effect. was like expansive for
3: what seemed like no reason because after you get past that into that where that like where all the little sprites are like wandering around, basically from that point forward, it's pretty clear. It was pretty clear to me where I should be going. Cause there were like, I would always just go towards something that I had not seen. And then there would always be something at the end of that, that I was like some sort of challenge or whatever. And then I could go back and revisit areas that I had been because something might've changed. But like at no point did I feel like completely stuck until, until I got out of the cave riff where you, you stopped playing mm-hmm and i was like okay the two thing like the two things that i know of at this point are the swamp king which has been like re um fucked with or whatever and the castle so i went over to the castle and like all the signposts are hackable except for one which is protected and i'm like well fuck i don't like i don't know how to deal with that and so then i went back over to the swamp king finally figured out how to how to get inside the code of um, of the little guardians or whatever to get back into that thing and, and freed that. But then the game just locked up. Hmm. And I was like, but and because I've been doing all this like code hacking, I was like, well, shit. Like, did I just, am I just fucked or whatever? And I was able to like go back in time. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I can't free the king. And so then I went back to the protected node and found out that I could use a bomb to get inside it. And the first time I fucked it up so that every node that was unprotected prior to that now became protected oh. <laughs> which is yeah, which of course I was like well shit uh, that's annoying um and then I had to go back in time again to to a state where that wasn't the case and then the castle the final castle is just fucking strange What's there left? like the the first room like there are like a series of four rooms where there are ostensibly puzzles that you have to solve and I solved the first one or maybe two. Um, and part of that is you, you end up getting access to the library, which is basically just all the code in the game, mm-hmm. which you can like pick up and book form and edit, which ugh, that that, the possibility space there is just fucking insane because it's <laughs> that hundreds, hundreds of different scripts that you can edit if you want. It's all in Lua. Um, but then Several of the, the, the rooms in the castle just weren't doing anything. Like, they, they they looked like these devious traps. There was, like, one room where there was a giant cannon pointed at the door that didn't do anything. And, it, and they comment on it, too. They're like, huh, this isn't doing anything. That's weird. Hmm. And then you just walk past it. And then um, there was one where the floor drops out, but there was, like, a small little bridge that i could walk across anyway and and, I, and they didn't even comment on that one like that one i think was supposed to be a puzzle that maybe just didn't work
1: um and it wasn't that you would just randomly turned it off by messing with some code i don't think so yeah and so then i,
3: I got to the boss fight and like figured that out then there's like a you know it, like chains to a second boss fight which is actually the, the mechanics are kind of interesting like he's deleting aspects of the game and if you don't beat him fast enough he will just delete you huh. which is cool um and managed to get past all that, and then the, the, basically the last challenge of the game is to figure out how to get past this like encryption barrier thing. And I spent probably an hour on it, could not figure it out, and I was like, you know, I've made so many changes to the code at this point, I have no idea what's... Like, maybe I'm blocking myself at this point. So I went back in time to a really early point, just after I'd beaten the boss, went back to that challenge, and it had been solved. Whoa. And I don't know if it was something that I did or, or what, but then I was like, and then that was just done. Then the game was over.
2: Weird. And I was like,
3: what the fuck? Like, I don't understand. I just don't understand what happened in that final castle. Like, was the game like, oh, you're taking too long on these puzzles. So we're just going to auto solve them for you. Was the game just buggy? Cause that, this is the level that like most people hadn't seen. Right. until cause like they kept it out of the alpha.
1: Yeah. Or the early access. Well, it just what they didn't keep it out. They just didn't know what it was going to be. Like they, they. Were, so I talked to, I talked to an acquaintance of mine that worked on it when I was like, hey, should I? I'm interested in this game. Mm-hmm. Should I buy the early access version of it, or am I going to ruin it for myself? Oh, you know, I also played a couple levels of Quadrilateral Cowboy. Speaking of which, um, man, that game is going to be fucking great. It already is great. Well, it's going to be great. Wait. Um. And he said, "No, the only thing nothing is going to change. We're just sort of figuring out what the last level is going to be. There's like the first four acts or whatever." It makes sense, like and it
3: makes sense as the final level because you basically just get access to the game's code itself, which fine. Like
1: ah oh god, it is. I wish that so the game confounding. I wish that the game allowed itself to be about what it is about. Right? Like I wish that this game about hacking was a game about hacking and fucking with code and changing the way that things work and learning about the rules that govern the behavior of objects in video games and was, like, fun and interesting and educational without, like, letting a shitty adventure game get in the way hmm. of the things that are actually new and good about this game. Hmm. Like, the things that the game are about, right? Right it's funny that you just have this thing that lets you just basically give yourself as many hit points as you want. Sure. In the very beginning, it's like, oh, well, okay. hit points don't matter. So like, why make me run across this fucking map with all these fucking turtles on it? Like why, why, why hide stuff when there are so many more interesting ways for you to hide things
3: necessarily do that. You didn't necessarily give yourself a bunch of hit points, right? Like I, there are a bunch of artifacts that I think you don't necessarily have to get Right. And so you could just have your six hit points, and, like, that's how you play the game, right? It's because you were more thorough when you found those first couple of chests at the beginning of the game, then you were...
1: Well, I mean, I got to... Be, I had the op- I had the luxury of being thorough because I was stuck in the same five <laughs> fucking rooms sure. for the first hour that I was playing the game. Sure.
3: Like, yeah, there I was one man- chest I could never get to, which pissed me off, so I have no idea what was in there. It was in the castle somewhere. Hmm and did in the, you in the, not in
1: the final castle in the, did uh, you figure out how to get the like five million day grotto chest to spawn i yes i think so there you you pick up that artifact that lets you speed up the day night cycle but it doesn't seem to really be fast enough i don't know yeah.
0: i assumed that that was something that i would have to go back Come into back once, I, once yeah. I got computer world and just change the five million to a lower number
3: huh um I never
0: I, I never thought I did, there, but maybe
3: not. Obviously. There I got two chests in that area and again I have no idea,
1: right? Like there was one I thought was clever. You had to figure out that you had to make a rock slide negative distance when you mm-hmm. pressed on it. Yeah. To get to it. Like that's you know, that is what the game is about. Is At
3: is first, shit like that. It, like, it, but it I I appreciate that they want to like they want to take it to the logical extreme, which is here, edit some code,
0: you know? Yeah. I I wish I wish that the code editing had been more like hacking everything else. I mean, did it did it need to be presented in this weird spatial computer room fashion? I mean, why why was it? I mean, it for not you to be just... able to play it
1: with a controller, it probably did. Well,
0: right? I mean, everything else when you go to hack it, it just gives you a dialog box, and you you hit an entry and edit that entry with your keyboard. I mean, why was the code not just okay? Here's the code. You can edit the blue words, and just like well, because you type. don't have
1: a keyboard.
0: What?
3: Zach's saying if you play it with a if controller. you're playing it on a console, oh, you don't to. Playing... Well, I mean, right?
0: then you do. Then you do the the up down to change the letters the same way. You, I mean, you still have to. You you have to change. You have to change those words into other things somewhere. Right. And why is it? Why is it in this? Re- this really obscure and inscrutable room instead of just the dialogue box that has the words in it
3: i don't i don't know the answer to that honestly
1: and it, i didn't even get that far so it's, i obviously
3: don't know. the representation was weird like the crystal i didn't understand why they sometimes use things as crystals and sometimes had named things and yeah yeah
1: uh, guys we got to quit this, yeah, just, is we, this, this is our last episode. Our listeners, are, <laughs> our listeners have We're been holding hack, their breath hack, hack this the entire podcast. time.
0: Riff. Yes. What have, is our assignment? Our assignment is Heavy Bullets, which is on Steam for Mac and Windows and maybe Linux. I don't know. It is a, uh, a, a procedurally generated permadeath FPS uh, where your gun is a revolver that holds six bullets, and that's all the bullets you get. But you can pick them up off the ground after you've fired them. So so it's it's an ammo-conscious, uh, roguelike FPS.
1: We're going to keep playing first-person, procedurally-generated area games until we find one that isn't terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Eldritch is not terrible, but it's a stealth game, so it doesn't count. Um, cool. I hope this game is fun. I hope it is less frustrating than hack-and-slash. I mm. Man hack and slash made me feel like an an angry baby yeah because i felt like a baby for not being able to solve the things that weren't even supposed to be the hard parts of the game which is where the fuck do i go to get to the next actual complicated interesting challenging thing and then it made me angry yeah because
0: it made me angry because i was really enjoying it and then suddenly i felt like ah, now it's incomprehensible fuck you (laughs)
3: I wonder Shit. if you went back to it, if you would still feel that way. Because like, there were definitely some trickier bits, but it, like...
0: <sighs> I, I will probably yeah, I give know. it another try once, you know, when we get to a dry season when I don't actually have, like, three games, three, four games waiting that I want to play.
1: Sure. But... Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail for the segment that we almost never do, how would they go about doing that? Well, they could tweet us at
3: VGHotDog. They could email us, vghotdog at gmail.com, or they go to our website, videogameshotdog.com. They could also go to iTunes and put a, uh, a question in a comment, but that would be weird.
1: Uh, yeah, but I still encourage them to do so. Okay. Guys, I've had a fantastic time getting steadily sweatier in this <laughs> tiny room as we've recorded this extremely long episode of Video Games Hot Dog, and I hope we do it again maybe with some slight variations on the theme, <laughs> real soon. And until we come back, uh, keep your head in the toilet and keep reaching for the fridge. But
0: Bye.
3: Have a great week, everybody. See ya.
1: Why would anyone search for erotic rowing? Also, if you were on that site, wouldn't just rowing? Like, isn't it kind of assumed? You don't have to put, like, sexy or naked in front of all of your searches there, right?
3: What? It's possible that that actually gives you better results.